following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the Cannonball, Alex Steele. Boom goes the Cannonball. Uh, good to see you again, Scott, this week. And uh, my man, uh, the hour is upon us. Yeah, buddy, we got, uh, it's week 18 coming up here. Uh, we have some of the most crazy shit going on in this league. I, oh, boy. <laughs> my lord. What a fucking week, man. I, I got to tell you, there's so many games in this upcoming week that have playoff implications. We, we talked last week about how, you know, crazier things have happened. Last year, I remember week 18 rolled around. We got to the last, the very last game of the season to decide who was going to be the seventh seed of the AFC. Now, <laughs> yep. we have probably, I think, six or seven games right now that all hold playoff implications for those final spots. It's and and even one that that comes down to for a division title. I mean, like this is yeah, it's insanity. Yeah, this is going to be a crazy week. I'm so fired up. Uh, this is going to be probably one of the more fun week 18s, one of the final weeks of the season. Like the season finale this year is just going to be wonderful, and I'm mm. I'm stoked for it. I know you're stoked for it. You're coming down. Uh, we're going to be drinking beers this weekend and having ourselves a good old time. And, and watching all these games, and, and we're going to get ribs on the smoker. Week 18 is going to become like a celebration every year now. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah, we're going to be celebrating good football. That's that's what I'm even more fired great, up for. Great, great football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's all about that pass rush. But um, <laughs> we we got some stuff to go over, Alex. I, I'm fired up for to talk about some of these games. We're going to be talking about um, – the scary moment that happened on Monday Night Football. We're going to be oh, chatting yeah. that a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know how you can go through stuff around this league without addressing that situation. Uh, the you want to talk? You want to talk about the elephant in the room? How about the the eight ton nuclear bomb in the room? Yeah, exactly. We we just <clears throat> it, it blows my mind uh, what what occurred there. So I mean, we're we're going to be talking about all this stuff. But first, Alex, let's jump into our scores. Are you ready? Giddy up 409. Let's do it. All right. Here are your scores for week 17 in the NFL, starting out with the Cowboys and the Titans. Cowboys crushed the Titans 27 to 13. You know, the, the Titans didn't have barely any of their starters on the field. <clears throat> they didn't have anything special going on. They had Josh Dobbs, the former backup from the Pittsburgh Steelers, as their starting quarterback. And I mean, even then, I would argue that he's still an improvement from not a starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Um, but, you know, Dak Prescott didn't look entirely wonderful in this game, but he still got it done. Dalton Schultz getting seven receptions, 56 yards, two touchdowns on the game. They didn't get their running game going, but they did enough. At first, though, it looked like the Titans were giving the Cowboys a run for their money going into halftime, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it ended up being 10 to 6. You know, it was a really close game. And then, of course, you know, the, the Dallas, you know, opened it up in the fourth quarter, but. One name that I found absent on the list, and and maybe we talked about this last week, uh, old King Henry, uh, you know, was not on the field this week. Yeah, old, old King Henry, he had a, a nasty little injury there, and and 
you know, one one questions whether or not we're going to see Derrick Henry this upcoming week for Week 18. Uh, we we haven't heard anything just yet. I mean, he's still listed as questionable, as far as I know. Could uh, cost him a division title. Yeah, it really could, and and they're going to be taking on their division rivals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have seemingly come out of nowhere. Yep. To, to go after that division championship. I mean, we we could see the division champions being the Jacksonville Jaguars over there. I, I mean, who would have thunk it? I, I they, didn't. They made it to an AFC championship one year. I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe they might make a deep run this year. Yeah, they just kind of come out of nowhere. They meet, and you know, it's it's kind of one of those sad divisions where they're, mm-hmm, they're yep. their way into that, that division championship. I mean, just a, a crazy thing, but as it currently stands, the Titans get bumped out of the playoff picture and the Jacksonville Jaguars are the four seed in the AFC because of their division championship being up in the balance here. So who knows how that one's going to go down. That one's happening on Saturday night and we'll talk about it in a little while, but the Cowboys getting it done here, keeping it alive. Bear in mind here, the Philadelphia Eagles right now, um, you know, sitting, they're sitting pretty at number one. Yeah, they're they're sitting at number one, but get this, <laughs> Jalen Hurts may not play this week. Mm-hmm. We have a situation where you may see the Dallas Cowboys swoop into the number one spot and take that bye week, take that division. Wouldn't that be something if if the Dallas Cowboys out of nowhere wound up taking that and the Philadelphia Eagles are forced to play on wild card weekend oh boy after after the season they've had and starting out undefeated and you know then Jalen Hurts goes down and like what do you do do you play for the number one seed do you sit out your guys and hope that you know and just prepare for the playoffs you know it's it's actually a it's a good problem to have but it's also a bad problem to have yeah uh, and the other the other thing uh the other thing I just want to point out here is is that number one seed may not even matter, and we'll wind up talking about that too. Is the NFL is getting ready to? Are they getting ready to dump an eight team? In the playoff? We, I mean, we crazy things. Oh yeah. And you know the implications <clears throat> of what occurred on Monday night. Like I said, I mean we we have some crazy stuff going on. Um, you know around the league. I mean it's it's just a, a crazy situation. This is one of the more wild situations that we've seen. Uh, league-wide that has affected the entire playoff picture. Um, and, I mean, it's it's a, a wild time. Uh, next up, let's talk about the Falcons and the Cardinals. Falcons go out and beat the Cardinals 20-19. to I can't exactly say I'm surprised here. The Cardinals are a dumpster fire, and they started David Blau. I mean, what's <laughs> <laughs> true about David Blau? I mean, Who? yeah, exactly. Well, the Detroit Lions, I know they started him as a third stringer one year. Uh, on Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken, against the Chicago Bears, where they got mollywopped. Um, the Falcons, they get Desmond Ritter back out on the field. He has a decent day, 19 for 26, 169. It wasn't anything to write home about, but the Falcons do just enough to get it done. And they they um, they wind up uh, scoring six in the fourth quarter to go ahead and, and take a, a W there. So the Cardinals are kind of a, a shit show. The Falcons, you know, they, they seem like they're turning around, but I got to be honest with you, Alex. Mm-hmm. I don't think Desmond Ritter is the answer for Atlanta. Do you? No, not really. Um, I think you really got to dip into the draft to get your quarterback in the future. And, you know, being a mid-tier uh, draft pick, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough sledding. You know, um, so if, if your quarterback class is, is all but gone by the time your number comes up, you know, we might have to go into free agency to go get a quarterback, like a Derek Carr, perhaps. Who knows? 
but that might be a death trap too because you know you know Arthur Smith might not know how to use him either. Yeah, Arthur Smith is is a mess. I I firmly believe that. Um, one guy that that <laughs> consistently be putting up decent numbers, and he's it's pro- probably because of the fact that he's uh, just getting you know all the workload is Tyler Algier. Twenty carries, eighty three yards. He gets a TD on the day. Uh, Cordero Patterson did show up. He had nine carries for forty two yards. He also had a touchdown. So the running game getting going, which is kind of the Arthur Smith mo. Uh, but hey. You know, the, the Falcons getting it done. They're 6-10. and 10. They have a top-10 draft pick. But let's bear in mind also, the Arizona Cardinals have a top-10 draft pick. Yep. Who's, that, who, gets, who gets their quarterback in the future first? Right. Well, and, and it's the question the, the question is is worth mentioning. Um, you know, it, will, will the Arizona Cardinals go and take a, a, a first-year quarterback at number four? Will they go out? Are they done with the Kyler Murray experiment? Experiment is that experiment over with? You know, yeah, who it, knows? It bears, you know, bears wondering. I guess <laughs> you know you can you can sit there and just go, huh? Kyler Murray obviously has has been sort of a shit show, but I mean, I see four teams in the top four right now, all of which, in my opinion, could use a quarterback. Um, in the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, and the Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals. And I know the Seattle Seahawks have been having the blast with Geno Smith, but I never thought Geno Smith was the guy either. So, right. you know, in Chicago, I know they think they have their guy in, in old Boston Fields over there, but, <laughs> I nope. mean, I see Arizona in a situation where they could go out for looking for their quarterback of the future, and I also see Atlanta sitting at number seven right now. They could go looking for their quarterback of the future. It's going to be a wild time come draft time, and the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are in the top four, which is something I didn't think I was going to see this season, right, is interesting. Um, and the Falcons, I mean, obviously they're number seven. I mean, that's actually a pretty decent spot to be at as well. They could go out and get a receiver of the future, another receiver, because they do need a compliment to Drake London. Yep. Um, they, there's there's work to be done for these teams. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what they do in the draft. I mean, it was sort of a toilet bowl game at the, at the end of the day. But the Falcons go out and get it done 20-19. to 19. Uh, Next up, the Patriots go out and beat the Dolphins 23-21. Tua Tungabailoa not on the field for this game. Uh, he was in concussion protocol. So Teddy Bridgewater gets the start, hurts his hand, and then Skylar Thompson comes onto the field to play the rest of the game. Does not play well. 12-21 for 21 for 104 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Neither one of these quarterbacks really played worth anything, to be honest with you. Teddy Bridgewater has not looked good when he comes in in relief of Tua Tungabailoa. On the other side, Patriots have Mac Jones, who actually looked halfway decent as sort of a, a um, I guess, a, a game-managing type of quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. That's kind of what I, what I see here, but I see the Dolphins, after the red-hot start, sitting at 8-8, eight and eight, and I see their playoff aspirations just slipping through their fingers after such a hot start and we thought Miami would just wind up being this surefire double digit win playoff team and now (laughs) they're at 8-8 and and hoping for the best going into the final week of the season hoping that they're going to be able to make the playoffs. Alex, what do you make of this? Well, I think the problem is, uh, you know, not everybody was on the field that needed to be on the field uh, throughout the year. You know, Jalen Waddle got hurt. You know, obviously the situation with Tua, even after the first concussion and on that Thursday night game with the Bengals where he, uh, you know, got knocked out, uh, you know, he, he had a bit of a career resurgence, but 
Here we are. We're sitting. Yeah, just like you said, they're sitting at eight and eight, and their division rival got a, got a win on them uh, right when they didn't need one. But it's so amazing to me that one, two, three, four, five. There are, stu- there are still two playoff spots left, and wouldn't you know it, uh, it is very possible that the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins may take the last two seeds. Now, granted, it's probably not going to happen because Jackson- if Jacksonville takes the AFC South, then it's down to the Patriots and the Dolphins. We, we still have to determine the AFC South champion. So, uh, you know, we still need the four seed. So, yeah. uh it's really down to Jacksonville and Tennessee for the four seed, and then who's who's scooting in with number seven. And if you're gonna, if I'm a betting man, uh, the way that New England's been playing and the way that they've kind of clawed up from their uh, little um, seat of mediocrity, even though you know it, it's a uh, you know from their you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a three win streak, but I'm still gonna go with the Patriots. I think Mac Jones and the Patriots sneak into the playoffs last minute. You know, I don't know. How, I don't know what the situations are, but they do have a very tough game against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I was just about to say that the the Patriots have the Buffalo Bills coming up, <laughs> uh, and and if the Bills wind up wiping the floor with the Patriots, the Dolphins. But here's the other thing: look at this, and and this all bears mentioning. And we were going to talk about this in the news a little bit. The Miami Dolphins are not going to have Tua Tagovailoa on the field this week. It's Skylar Thompson. So. Uh-oh. Miami Dolphins are going up against the New York Jets team, right? And the New York Jets right now are, are, I believe, they just got eliminated from the playoffs this last week. The Jets could really be playing playoff spoiler and could potentially do the Pittsburgh Steelers a favor. If If the Patriots lose to the Bills and the Dolphins lose to the Jets and the Steelers go out and beat this iffy Bill of Browns team and the Browns just sent home today... You could see the Steelers for the second freaking year, the third, the, the first time since two years ago, sneak their way in to number seven again. Since Burger <laughs> was in town, they could sneak in again. I can't believe I'm saying that. I never <laughs> thought I'd see the, the Steelers for at least another two years making their way into the playoffs. But here we are. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a legitimate, real, major chance to get into the playoffs. I'm actually leaning, and, and I'm going about, I think there's about a 75, 85, or 75 to 80% chance the Steelers wind up in the playoffs. And also, mind you, Miami is taking on the New York Jets. The New York Jets are starting Joe Flacco this week. It Uh-oh. to be Zach Wilson. It's not going to be anybody else but the man, Joe Flacco, coming out. Okay. Who we've been talking about for weeks. So now... It's like, who, it's like we're, we're out, so who cares? Yeah, this is going to be a fun situation. I mean, these these games are coming down to the wire. I love it. Week 18 is the most fun. Uh, next up, let's talk about this one. This one was wild. The Saints go out and beat the Eagles. <laughs> and the Eagles trot Gardner Minshew back onto the field. And Gardner Minshew, he was not the same magic man that we saw against Dallas. What mm. a mess. 18 for 32, 274. He had a touchdown and a pick on the day. You know, he put up 34 against a very good Dallas defense, but then here we are, the Philadelphia Eagles losing and one to a New Orleans Saints team that currently is eliminated from the playoffs and sits at seven and nine. Um, yep. Andy Dalton goes 18 for 22 for 205. He throws a pick on the day, but the in a very kind of down game, 
the Saints come out and and hang twenty to ten on the on the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know what I'm seeing here. It's like fucking tw- the Twilight Land here. I don't understand. It, it's the Twilight Zone for sure. And here's the deal too. You know the Eagles really can't rest on their laurels here. Their 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 number one seed is hanging by a thread here. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean you got a four you got a three way tie for second place, and if the Eagles lose then one of those teams that's going to win is going to go uh you know 13 and 4 you know and the eagles are going to go 13 and 4 then it goes all the, with all the tiebreakers and everything else you know um i i believe dallas owns the tiebreaker yes, over do. the over the philadelphia eagles so if the eagles lose like you said before the cowboys could be in and, and again they have to win against washington hmm. but uh it's kind of you know I think it's like it kind of speaks to like you know again Jalen Hurts is hurt you know uh, this is a team that's really sitting there going you know what we're in the playoffs let's just get all of our good guys in I mean we have to we have to play an extra game we have to play an extra game that might end up biting them in the ass in the end right and if the Cowboys do win uh, and and you know, they wind up going into that one seat, if I'm not mistaken. It's either them or the 49ers that wind up in the one seat. Now, if the 49ers and the Cowboys lose, the Vikings could wind up in the one seat. I mean, it it's a lot. And I doubt the Niners are going to go out and lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-mm. But the Niners do even have an opportunity right now, sitting at the current two seed, to beat the hell out of the Cardinals. And if Eagles and Cowboys both lose, which, again, I doubt will happen, the Niners could wind up as the one seat. I mean... This has all gotten very interesting, very quick, fast, and in a hurry, um, and, and particularly for the NFC, because we didn't think that the NFC was going to be competitive at all this year, and the <laughs> NFC... Well, we were wrong. <laughs> the NFC has turned out to be more competitive than the AFC, and a better <laughs> conference than the AFC. We were all talking about how the AFC was just filled with powerhouses. So much for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> The NFC be the better conference. So Saints go out and hang 20 to 10 on the Eagles. Uh, Gardner Minshew not getting it done. No Jalen Hurts spells kind of doom and gloom for the Eagles. We'll see what happens this upcoming week for them. But, man, they are hanging on by a thread. Uh, as yep, far hanging as- on for dear life. Yep, and if they do lose and the Cowboys win- were to win, the Eagles would drop down to the five seed. And would yep, because it would cost them the division. Yep, so they would drop to the five seed, and then they would have to play on wild card weekend. I mean, it's getting interesting. Uh, next up, the Giants go out and clinch their first their first playoff uh, since, what, 2016, if I'm not mistaken. The Giants win 38-10 to over the Colts, dominating, dominating fashion. Uh, this is the kind of dominant performance that you wanted to see out of... <laughs> guy like Daniel Jones, 19 for 24, 177 yards. He had two touchdown passes rushing, two touchdown passes passing. He had 91 yards rushing. I mean, hell of a day for Daniel Jones. And uh, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins were the two recipients of those those uh, touchdown passes. The Giants go out, beat that breaks off the, the Colts here. And you could tell that the Colts had just had enough of the Nick Foles experiment after he went 13 for 81 yards and a pick. Got benched for Sam Ellinger. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, it's just like grab a shovel and just hit him in the back of the head. All yeah. of them. You know, <laughs> the, the Colts experiment is done. This is this team is an absolute dumpster fire. You know, um, it's it, it's it's so something to watch. But here's a question I have for you. Given the fact that Daniel Jones, you know, we've, we've criticized the pick. 
we criticized the pick in the draft when he when he got drafted. It is like, oh my god, he looks just like Eli Manning. You know, obviously Dave Gentleman was the GM, you know, at the time and you know, he you know, he knew he needed his next quote unquote Eli Manning and he got D Jones. Well, do you believe <clears throat> after this year's performances that Daniel Jones is the guy in the New York Football Giants? Well, and, and Daniel Jones hasn't been like a world beater this year either. I, I, I really do believe that. But if you look at what Daniel Jones has has been able to do in the Brian Dable system, and I think a lot of the, the success for the New York Giants has been a credit to Brian Dable and what he's been able to do for them offensively. Daniel Jones has um, he's come into that system and played very effectively. 19 for 24, 177 yards, two touchdowns. That's an accurate quarterback. He played good game-managing football. Brian Dable's a great coach and a great offensive mind. I don't know that Daniel Jones is necessarily, quote-unquote, the guy. Um, I feel like Daniel Jones in this particular system kind of reads out more like, you remember when Alex Smith was with uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and they wound up picking up Patrick Mahomes, and Alex Smith started one year, and then Alex Smith got traded over to the Washington Commanders, and Patrick Mahomes became the guy. Mm. And I think I'm waiting for that moment when the Giants go out and they have Daniel Jones as sort of that game-managing quarterback, and they draft their quarterback of the future, and then that guy turns into sort of that next Patrick Mahomes-esque player. That's kind of what I'm waiting for. And, and I really believe that Daniel Jones in this system, I don't know that he's going to be able to do this, what he's been doing this year, anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I think he's sort of a system guy. We always talk about that. We've talked about that label in the past. He's a system guy. He's a system guy that plays well in the Brian Dable system. But when you ship Daniel Jones out of town, you're going to see like a, Car- a Carson Wentz-style meltdown that, of mm-hmm. epic proportions. But <clears throat> I, I do really think that, that when Daniel Jones... <coughs> When the Giants go and draft their quarterback in the future and Daniel Jones is the starter there and they have that quarterback in the future, they're going to be grooming that young guy and Daniel Jones will get shipped out. The rumor has it that the Giants want to retain Daniel Jones and they want to try and retain Saquon Barkley. I don't mm-hmm. see that being the case Good, for bad, bad idea. I don't think you have the cap space for it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, Saquon Barkley's off his rookie deal. And you know you're going to be paying a pre- uh, you're going to be paying premium money to a, a guy that's not in a premium position. Uh, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I, I think Saquon, uh, it's not a being a running back is not a premium position. I think Saquon, you're going to probably be paying him around 13. I don't see him getting Zeke money. I don't nope. think he's going to be getting that Ezekiel Elliott style contract or anything of the sort. But what I or the Christian Caffrey money, I don't see <laughs> it. But I do think Saquon Barkley is a very good player, but he's a very injury prone player. Oh yeah. We've talked about that in the the past, and the fact that Saquon has remained pretty much healthy for the majority of this year is kind of a mind-blowing thing. But I want to see um, what the Giants are going to be doing in the future. I mean, it's great to see him get a, a playoff berth. Do I think Daniel Jones is headed to a Super Bowl? No. As it currently stands, they're in a crash course with the Vikings going into the first round of the playoffs. If you remember, the Vikings just beat him by a, a last-minute field goal at 61-yarder. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, on OT, but the Vikings, for the most part, dominated that football game. Um, I, I really think if they wind up taking on the Vikings, that they're going to be shit out of luck. I think they'll be out in the first round. Yep. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the Giants may retain them. Who knows? I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it's a smart idea. But, 
they do make the playoffs. They get in. They clinch their playoff spot, beating the Colts 38-10 to for the first time since 2016. So that's that's an exciting thing for them. Uh, Giants fans are rejoicing all over uh, MetLife Stadium there. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got the Bucks beating the Panthers 30-24. to The bunk of the Bucks, not the bunks, the Bucks <laughs> go out and clinch their division. Uh, the NFC South, they beat the Panthers 30-14. to The big story in this game, Mike Evans. <coughs> Man. Where's that guy? Where's that guy, Ben? Yeah, 10 receptions, 207 yards, three touchdowns on the day. I mean, this is like, this is the Tom Brady we wanted this year. This is the Tom Brady we expected, right? Didn't you say that you you wanted to see the Tom Brady that everybody knew and loved, like just wake up right at the end of the season and get the and get the Bucks to the playoffs? Yeah, and that's what we got here. 34 for 45. 432 yards, three touchdowns, three of which goes to Mike Evans, and also quietly having a really good game was Chris Godwin with nine receptions for 120. <coughs> this is Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. This this playoff push here, this is Tom Brady season, my friends. Let's remember, yep. this man, at the end of the day, is still by and far considered the GOAT, okay? Let's yep. just call it what it is. That's what everybody calls him. I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady. I don't think he's the GOAT, and I have my reasons. I'm a Joe Montana mm-hmm. guy. But I will say mm-hmm. that I think Tom Brady is a special player, obviously, and by and far, most fans, regardless of what I think, think he's the GOAT. Now, yep. um, you know, the, and, and <coughs> this is Tom Brady waking up. This is Tom Brady reminding everybody just who in the hell he is. I understand he's taking on the Panthers, but... He dropped 30 on the Panthers, 30 to and, 20. And it's a division rival. And uh, if you take a look, I mean, it's, I find it odd that the running game for Carolina was not as uh, potent as it was against Detroit the week prior. But uh, Sam Darnold actually came alive, too. You know, it, it, this definitely was a really close game. Yeah, the uh, the Bucks defense hasn't been as good this year. A lot of that is is uh, Shaq Barrett not being there. Um, but, but at the end of the day... Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where where I, I really think that the this is going to ride. If this team's going to go in, they're going to ride on the the Tom Brady train. That's yep. what it's it's, it's going to be. Tom doing things that Tom does, and uh, if this man goes to the bowl and does what I, I'm scared he's going to do, which I I I never, <laughs> you never sleep on Tom Brady. I've said nope. this on this podcast several times this year never sleep on Tom Brady and we are at this point where people were sleeping on Tom Brady I started to kind of sleep on him <coughs> a bit and then here he comes reminding everybody I'm still here and now I'm in the playoffs and I still own this division and now I'm getting ready to come in as the four seed and start kicking the shit out of people that's right. what I'm you're, you're hosting a wild card game you could possibly host the division around if the number two if the if higher seeds you know drop but here, but here we go. I mean, you know, you could could be hosting the NFC Championship game. I doubt it. That honor is probably going to go to either the number one seed or if it's Minnesota, you know, it, 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 that honor will probably go to the number one seed. But yeah, it depends I, on who the number one seed actually is. Yep, that's going to be the question of the day. And and like I said, I this is the Tom Brady we expected to see uh, all year long. And, and don't forget, by the way, um, this season so far, because the, the Bucks did come through and clinch the division, my Super Bowl prediction is still alive. 
It's still <laughs> as is my AFC championship game prediction. Uh, the the Chargers and the Bills in the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were my Super Bowl pick for the NFC side, and I said the Bills would beat the Bucks. I, I <laughs> there you go. Hey, it could still happen. <laughs> you probably should have put some money down. Alive. <laughs> So uh, the Bucs go out and beat the Panthers, clinch, clinch the NFC South, and uh, move into the playoffs. Next up, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Chiefs drop 27-24 on the Broncos. Much closer game than expected uh, in this situation. Russ Wilson rushing for two touchdowns? What the hell are hmm. we doing? Uh, but, did, he finally, uh, did he finally get the right cookbook this time? I don't know. Maybe it was Joy of Cooking. I, I think. I don't know. That was... Maybe maybe Julia Child hooked him up. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Chiefs do what the Chiefs do, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Holmes throwing the ball all over the place, 29 for 42. He had 328 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And, uh, you know, Patty Mahomes, I mean, keeping the Chiefs sort of in that one seed spot. I mean, they're they're. Kind of, <laughs> they're in the one seed right now. The Bills are 12 and 3. It had the. It really. Here's the thing that gets me about this whole situation is that the Chiefs are sitting in the one seed, the Bills are sitting in the two seed, but because of what happened on Monday Night Football, which we'll get to shortly, but that game between the Bills and the Bengals got canceled. So because that game got canceled, and we'll get into why shortly, um, and I'm sure everybody knows DeMar Hamlin, uh, but uh, you know the the whole situation with the Bills and the Bengals um, just throws everything into this wild tailspin here of of craziness because that game got canceled so now they're considering different scenarios as far as as where <laughs> they would fall as far as their their playoff seating and where the home games are going to actually take place it 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 makes for a wild situation i'm going to read this because i it's worth reading at this point yep canceling the game this is the official league from or the official word from the league Canceling the game between the Bills and the Bengals creates potential competitive inequities in certain playoff scenarios. In an effort to mitigate those inequities, NFL clubs will consider tomorrow a special league meeting, uh, in a special league meeting, a resolution recommended by the commissioner and approved today by the competition committee consisting of two elements. One, the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played in an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all the AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular schedule. Uh Those circumstances involve the Buffalo Bills or Cincinnati Bengals qualifying for the game as a road team and are listed as follows. Scenario 1. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. That's just... Period. End. If either, if both of them win tonight, and then they wind up in the title game, it's at a neutral site. Which yeah. I think that's interesting. I th- I think that's fair because then you really get to see who the gr- who the greatest quarterback in the modern era is. You right. do get to see if Josh Allen can uh, exercise the demon that is Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. You know, yeah. and it's in a neutral site, so it's half Kansas City fans, half Buffalo Bills fans. Who is the better man? I like that idea. Yeah, I do like the idea. Uh, part of me feels like like they should have, uh, to be perfectly honest, and I would, I'd hate to do this, and I, I don't think the Bills or the Bengals would have had a problem with just slapping a tie on the end of their record, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, okay. and, 
and just winding up as the two seed. I don't know why they didn't do that because not only was it decided by the league that, hey, we're not going to continue on with this game, but it was also decided by the teams. We don't want to continue on with this game. Right. And and so I don't understand why they just be like, all right, we'll call it a draw and, and put a, a tie on the end, you know, and give each team kind of that half point. But I digress. That's not what they decided to do. Um, the scenario two was Buffalo and Kansas City both lose this week and Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. So no matter what, it seems like Buffalo and Kansas City, whether they win uh, or lose, will be at a neutral site. Scenario number three, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Uh, Number two, if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in week 18, it will have to be it will have defeated Cincinnati, a divisional opponent, twice, but it will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore would for a 17 schedule. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those teams that are scheduled to play a wild card game against one each other, against one another, so if Cincinnati and Baltimore play each other in a wild card game, so Baltimore's got to win this week and let's say they take each other in the wild card, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. <laughs> if Cincinnati wins the Week 18 game, or if Baltimore and Cincinnati are not scheduled to play each other in the wild card round, the game sites would be term- determined by the regu- regular scheduling uh, procedures. So basically, if Cincinnati loses this week to Baltimore, and they wind up facing each other in the wild card, they're going to have a coin flip to decide whose field it gets played at because Cincinnati didn't get to play the one game. Right. Uh, I guess the Cincinnati uh, Bengals are, are actually pretty upset about that idea. Um, mm-hmm. They're looking to stir up a lot of no votes as far as that goes. <laughs> but we'll see how it how it winds up panning out. Um, as we consider the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities, says Goodell. Uh, I recognize there's no perfect solution. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision not to play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. So that is the official ruling from the league. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's an interesting one, to say the least. It, it kind of sets everything wild. But also, in, in the midst of all of this, we're, we're also hearing the league may on the fly here, on the fly, uh, mm-hmm. an 18th to the, the whole proceeding over the whole thing. They may add an 18th to the playoffs. So that's swirling around. So we're going to see what the league does in their league meetings today and tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> but we, we could see some wild stuff going on here as far as the playoff seating and mm-hmm. uh, as far as the playoff games coming up. But it, it gets wild. The Chiefs still sitting in the one seed. They might not even get a bye if a week 18 or if an 18 comes in. If the, if yeah. The and, yeah how, think about how that'll chap Patrick Mahomes' ass. You right. Know, you know, working all working hard all year to make sure to to secure that number one seed and you know get that bye. And all of a sudden, well, nope, you're going to be playing the you're going to be playing these guys. Which you know, don't get me wrong, it'd be a, it'd be a mugging. It'd be it would just be a straight up mugging. But you know, at the same time, it's like. You know, the reason why you win the number one seed is to get a bye, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the Chiefs uh, are still in the one seed with this defeat of the Denver Broncos. The Broncos on the other end, I mean, Russ Wilson, he has himself an iffy game. The Broncos are in dire straits. Uh, obviously, they fired Nathaniel Hackett last week. 
you know, here we go. The Broncos are... are um, yeah, the, the tailspin they're, they're, is nearly complete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sitting with, with four wins after you traded, you, you sold the farm. I mean, for, for <laughs> Russ and and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and sold they, they the farm for Russell Wilson. You all you got was a, a handful of magic beans. Yep, and as it would stand, if they if they had this record without the Russ Wilson trade, they're in the three seed or the number three pick. But as it turns out, Seattle has now the number three pick because of that trade. So Seattle is is there. But also, let's bear in mind, just for the record, <clears throat> that Denver isn't hurting too bad. They still have a pick from the San Francisco 49ers, so they still have pick number 29 uh, in the first round. So they aren't going <clears> to – it's not going to kill them too bad, I don't think. But Seattle winds up pick number three currently, and they also have pick number 19. So Seattle Seahawks may be turning around pretty quick. Yep. Um, <clears throat> next up, your boys. The Detroit yep. Lions. Well, That's right. 41-10, to 10, just beat the <clears throat> off the Bills. We got to see Justin Boston Fields, 7 for 21, 75 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He's a mess. The only thing, I'll be honest, I, I contemplated putting him in our, our forgetful five this week. The only thing that kept him out of the forgetful five, 10 carries for 132 yards. That was the only thing that kept him out of it. Had he not run for that yardage, I would have had zero problem making him number one. But yeah, that, that 132 yards rushing, holy guacamole. He's an athlete. He's a running. Let's be yeah. real. He's a running back. Um, on the other side, you're, you're all eating crow right now. I'm telling you, Alex, you're all eating crow. Jared mm-hmm. Goff, 21 for 29, 255. Just got to put a little ketchup on mine. I'll, I'll get it to go down. Yeah, yeah. That guy is a, just considered, as it currently stands, Jared Goff is a top 10 quarterback. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love you, it. You hate to love it. But no. I, listen, I I got on I got on uh, I got on Jared Goff's side a lot quicker than our old boy Ray did. You know, Ray was very critical of Jared Goff's play, okay. but I think I uh, to be completely honest, I think it was just like the first half of the season was we were just trying to figure this whole thing out, and most of it was coaching. Yeah. You know, but. Give credit where credit is due. Dan Campbell has turned this team that started one and six. They are standing at the precipice of the playoffs at 500, and they're standing at the precipice of a winning season. Yeah. What? And, and let's not forget who who what they're standing at the precipice of. This is like a triple whammy for the Lions here. If they if they wind up uh, <coughs> where they're going into Sunday here. Their game has been flexed out with the Green Bay Packers. It has massive playoff implications if the Seattle Seahawks do lose to the Rams. That And it also, if the NFL decides to move it to an eight-team playoff this year, which we're not sure if they're going to, we'll see. If they do, then the game automatically has playoff implications. If Seattle loses to the Rams and the Lions beat the Packers, the Lions are in the playoffs, they're 9-8, and eight, and they will have officially eliminated the Green Bay Packers from playoff contention. If Seattle beats the Rams, and the league decides, hey, we're going to do eight teams, and then the Lions go out and beat the Packers, the Lions wind up as the eighth seed if they do go, if they do move it to eight teams. <coughs> so the Lions, this game is huge, and at the end of the day, it's a triple whammy. Playoffs, eliminate Packers, winning season. 
right? I mean, they that, want yeah to accomplish those goals in one single game. You know, they have one thing on their mind: just win. Yep, that's it. Just win. And I mean, and even see, Stan and, and Dan Campbell came out. You know, this past week he had an interview. He said he understands that this game they might not even be playing for anything. They might not, you know, Seattle could go out and kick the shit out of the Rams and the Lions wouldn't have anything. But what could happen, even then, the Lions could play playoff spoiler for the Packers and eliminate Aaron Rodgers and company. I mean, no, I, I think I think the Lions have plenty to play for. I mean, you, you're going to talk about having a winning season after a dismal 3-13-1 season. I think that's a significant improvement and that's something that Dan Campbell should hang his hat on, uh, you know. And really, you get, you got to play to win. You know, we don't have much. Of, I wonder if it is a tactic for the Lions to just go, you know what? We're just going to go all out. You know, we're just going to let fate, you know, draw what we got. But we're going to we're going to fight like our lives are on the line. Because I think that, you know, when they got into the situation with Carolina and, you know, they had that horrible game against Carolina, what were they thinking? Oh, man, we're. We're going to be in the driver's seat, you know. You know, it's it's you know, choose your own destiny. Uh, nope, you got you got kicked in the mouth is what you did. So I think they're being, I think they're purposefully being very cautious about you know, cautiously optimistic. Now I don't think they should play cautiously optimistic. They could they should keep their foot on the pedal and don't and don't look back. But I think they're kind of like, you know, they're they're, they're playing possum. If you, if Dan Campbell is having that conversation and going, listen, we may not even be playing for anything. I think they're just playing possum. Yeah, and and you know what? Something else that that for me, um, I, I look at it like this. It, it, so, if there are two teams, and first of all, I'm rooting for San Francisco this week. Right. I am. I'm rooting hard for them. I want the Minnesota Vikings to wind up as the three seed. I really do. And the reason I want the Minnesota Vikings to wind up as a three seed is if there's two teams that I do not want to play at all, it's the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Those right. are the two teams I do not want the Minnesota Vikings to see in the playoffs. <clears throat> I mean, I understand everybody's talking about, you know, I want to avoid Dallas or I want to avoid Philly. or I Which wanna... you do. Which you yeah, do. You do. But I see two red-hot teams in the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. They are red-hot. These teams, the Detroit Lions have been hot since Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. They've been hot, I mean, really since two games. Even before Thanksgiving, really. Yeah. Two games before Thanksgiving, they turned it on and came alive. They were sitting at one and six, and now they're at eight and eight. And I don't know what the hell to think. The yep. Green Bay Packers, the same thing. The Green Bay Packers were hot garbage, and then over the last five weeks have just crushed people, including the Vikings, this past week, which we'll get you get to here momentarily. But if there's two teams that I don't want the Vikings to run into, it's the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, let's be real. Mm-hmm. So if the Vikings wind up as a three seed, they take on a very beatable New York Giants team. And I'm okay with that. Yep. The best case scenario for me to avoid <laughs> this situation, I'm rooting for the Seattle Seahawks, and I'm rooting for your Detroit Lions this week because I want to see the Seahawks win, the Lions win, the Seahawks make the playoffs, and the Vikings either have their pick of the litter between the Giants and the Seahawks because I think both those teams are far more beatable at the, as they currently stand Yep. the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Um, so, I mean, that's that's just what it is at this, at this juncture in time. But the Lions go out and dominate the hell out of the Bears. They go out and get it done. Uh, two big stories, not, not just Jared Goff, but 
Jamal Williams, 22 carries, 144 yards and a touchdown. And then also, let's talk about DeAndre Swift, too. I mean, he had a, a hell of a game, a quietly really good game. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage. He had two touchdowns on the day. The Lions are getting everything going on all cylinders. And I'm not a Lions fan. I'm dreading it as a Vikings fan to right. see the, the possibility of running into this, this Lions team in the future. But for you... Because you're my friend, and I know you're a Lions fan, I'm excited for you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I definitely appreciate it. I, I will tell you this. If we, if the Lions and the Vikings meet in the playoffs, I will look you in the eyes, and I will say this sentence. Our friendship will be tested. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think our friendship will be tested so much because we've right. been, you know, for years we've been friends, and we've been watching the Vikings and the Lions just kick the shit out of each other over and over and over again, and it's uh-huh. always a thing. Um, I... I, I've, you know, even even when when Tyler was here, I I said, you know, we, if the Ravens and the Vikings ever meet in the Super Bowl, our friendship will be tested, you know, and <laughs> yep. talk for a couple of weeks. But I, at the end of the day, I like I said, I'm rooting for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm rooting for the Lions because I want to see both those teams win. Seattle makes the playoffs, and I can just breathe a sigh of relief. I don't want to hit the Packers. I don't want to hit the Lions. I don't want to see any of those teams going up against my Vikings. Let's just leave them. You know, in the the on the couch there, while we continue on to the playoffs. But the Lions here get it done, forty-one to ten against the Bears. Uh, next up, you know what, Alex? This next one, we called this shit. <laughs> yep, we, we did. The Browns go out and beat the Commanders, twenty-four to ten. Carson Wentz comes trotting onto the field for the Commanders and drops three interceptions in the game. And, uh, you know, Ron Rivera says he doesn't regret starting Carson Wentz in this game. You know what? you sure about that? Yeah, you should, motherfucker, because you just (laughs) costed your team a playoff spot. Absolutely. By by starting a quarterback that just started, Ron Rivera should be fired at this point. Yep. I mean, well, the, the whole team is in fire sale mode anyway. I mean, the owner is being forced to sell the team. You know what? You might as well just throw out the baby with the bathwater at this point. Yeah, at this point, I, I don't understand this logic. I, I still don't understand. We talked about it last week. Yep. Why aren't you going with Taylor Heineke? The team plays for Taylor Heineke. And then I get to go out and watch Carson Wentz walk out on that Washington Commanders logo and take a dump on the field and, and to the tune of 143 yards and three interceptions. And, and the Commanders go ahead and drop this one 24-10 to a very beatable Browns team. And... Yeah. They they watch their their playoff chances just go up <laughs> smoke in a matter. Yep. Of- and then you know Deshaun Watson wasn't as wasn't earth breaking either. He went nine for 18, 169 yards, but three touchdowns. You know Nick Chubb obviously doing Nick Chubb things. Amari Cooper doing Amari Cooper things obviously. But you, you know look at his stat line nine for eighteen. That's a fifty percent completion percentage, yep. and your boy lost. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson, for the record, I, I really do think that a full season's training camp is yep. going to wind up getting him back to where he needs to be, at least I hope so, for his sake. Yeah, um, I would hope so, yeah. For, for all the money that they spent on him, I mean, you you would hope so. But Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 104 yards, he had a 7.4 average. Amari Cooper, only three <laughs> on the day, but winds up with 105 yards and two touchdowns. Amari Cooper's been the best pickup for them this offseason. He's been special all year long. I love Amari Cooper. I love what he's doing there in Cleveland. Um, if Deshaun Watson can't figure it out, Cleveland's in trouble. But at right. the end of the day, the Browns go out and eliminate. They play playoff spoiler. 
to the Washington Commanders. They beat them 24 to 10. I mean, another another big reason why the Lions are in the spot that they're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is the reason. That is the reason outside the Lions winning against the Bears. I mean, it is the reason that they they have that opportunity now. Because as of last week, the Commanders held the seventh seed. So yep. here we are. It, it's showtime. <laughs> week 18, baby. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of Week 18 stuff, the Jags go out and beat the Texans 31-3. to uh, The Jags move into the fourth seed with this one. Uh, they, they move into the spot where they could win the NFC South. The Texans, man, sitting at 213-1. They have the number one overall draft pick. What's the over-under on them just taking a quarterback, going after Bryce, uh, Bryce Young and just being done with it? I think the odds are like minus 500, dude. I mean, I, I would not be surprised to hear that, uh, you know, you know, old Mel Kuyper, whatever his name is, you know, they'll call it like three weeks ahead of the draft. The Houston Texans will indeed draft Bryce Young, and will with good reason. You know, um, you know, the dude is a stud. You know, yeah. I, but do you really think he's going to thrive in a dumpster fire system like Houston? No, I really don't. You know, to be honest with you, I think the Houston Texans would be better off taking on a guy like C.J. Stroud. I like C.J. Stroud better than Bryce Young, but Davis Mills obviously isn't the answer over there in Houston. 20 for, right. 20 for 40 this week, 202 yards. He didn't throw a touchdown. He played mistake-free football technically, but didn't throw a touchdown. The Texans only get... <laughs> on the board the Jacksonville Jaguars man we yep. talked last week let's talk about it again Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson are just like a match made in heaven at this point absolutely uh, Lawrence didn't do anything world beating here 17 for 21 152 he did throw a pick um CJ Bethard came into the game a lot of that had to do with the fact that a they had a lead but not only that Trevor Lawrence he injures his toe in this game so and we'll be Uh-oh. talking about that in a little bit um, but at the end of the day, Travis Etienne, nine carries for 108 yards. He had a 12 average. Uh, he's a touchdown. Michael Hasty scores a touchdown. Gerard Connor scores a touchdown. The running game getting going for the, the Jags. And that's been kind of the M.O. for the <coughs> all year long is that teams just run all over them all year. You got to see it with Derrick Henry. Now you get to see it with not one, not two, but three different running backs scoring touchdowns in this game. It is what it is, but the Jags are on the fast track to take the NFC South. They win 31-3. to They're 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. I'm up for the Jags. Me I too. Really- <laughs> My, myself as well. I, th- I think it's, it's, it just speaks to, you know, the, the shift in culture and the swing in culture from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. You know, and seeing uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, the caliber quarterback that he was in Clemson, really starting to get the, the feel for this Clem- for this uh, professional system. And the fact that, you know, I think he gets kicked in the mouth and loses a couple games, understands what losing's like. Hey, I don't want to do that anymore. And we're, we're seeing it here. And I'm, and I'm fired up. You know, I'm fired up to see this Jaguars-Texans matchup. You know, we have to see who's going who's gonna to take the, the four seed and who's going to be forced to sit at the bottom. Yeah, the Jags and Titans this week, I, I'm just, I, I feel, and it's a Saturday night matchup, so it's kind of like a primetime game almost. Yeah. yeah. Because there's only two games on Saturday this week. You and I are going to be sitting around watching that 8:15 game, getting shitty. I know we are. We're going to be drinking our beers. We're going to be we're going to be eating some good food, and we're just going to be watching that game with bated breath, seeing what Trevor Lawrence can do. Um, I love what he how he's improved this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been just a monumental improvement on the part of Trevor Lawrence and what he's been able to accomplish. 
I love the Travis Etienne connection. I think he's special. And by the way, I think Jamichael Hasty is one of the absolute best backups in this league. I love Jamichael Hasty. I liked him when he played for San Francisco. I like him in Jacksonville. If 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 Travis Etienne goes down, you know you got Jamichael Hasty there, and that's got to be a really good feeling, knowing how good of a running back that guy is. But the Jags go out. 31-3. Next week, they got the Titans. The division, the AFC South on the line. Fired up for that one. You and I are going to be watching that just living our best life. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, the Niners go out and beat the Raiders 37-34. Surprising. Brock Purdy doing interesting things. Uh, 35 284 He had a two touchdowns and a pick. Christian McCaffrey, 19 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. But let's also point out Christian McCaffrey also had six catches for 72 yards. He had nearly 200 yards from scrimmage in this game on Amazing. his. Uh, look, they haven't even had Debo on the field and they're winning games. Um, I love the fact that the Raiders gave him a, a run for their money. Let's give credit where credit's due. Jared Stinham for the Raiders, 23 for 34, three touchdowns, two picks. And, and he's throwing it to Devontae Adams, seven receptions for 153 yards, two touchdowns. The funny thing about this, and, and I don't know if anybody else finds this as humorous as I do, but when Derek Carr got benched last week, Devontae Adams had an interview where he was saying, you know, this is my quarterback, this is the reason I'm here, I'm not happy. And we were talking on this show yep. last week about how Devontae Adams may not be a Raider after this week and all this other stuff. Devontae mm-hmm. Adams out and he says i'm excited to continue on with the vegas raiders all of a sudden because jared stidham goes out and has himself the game of his life and now suddenly we're talking about Devonte adams being like yeah you know i'm continuing excited to continue on with this franchise somebody gave me the ball that's why <laughs> yeah somebody gave me my catches he gave me my yards and my touchdowns maybe there is something with this kid but at the end of the day the, the niners came back they came roaring back um, and they wind up winning this game 37-34. I didn't think, I mean, I couldn't believe that the Raiders were winning at halftime 17-14. to I couldn't yeah. believe that. But, yeah, that's insanity right there in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, and I couldn't believe that it came down to an overtime, uh, field goal in overtime to win. But the Niners do just enough to get it done. Let's ask the question. <laughs> I, it's kind of an elephant in the room when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. Is Brock Purdy the guy, Alex? I mean, do you think he's the guy? forward i don't know to be honest with you i mean he was a very 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 pleasant surprise at mr irrelevant he is he has definitely shed that nickname he is definitely relevant uh i dare say i'm gonna go ahead and say it he is a better quarterback than jeremy garoppolo i mean he's really like he and the reason i say this is he took a team that basically said shit we lost our good starting quarterback Hang on, I got this. They got they basically turned on the afterburners, and they they never looked back. And now they're sitting real nice and pretty at the number two seed. You know, I told everybody I, my bold prediction was that the San Francisco 49ers would make the number three seed and not make it to the NFC title game. That's looking pretty shaky because I believe these boys are either going to go in at number two or number one, um, especially if the Eagles slip up. And that's something we really got to pay attention to. Yeah, and, and you, so I'm just for a little nostalgia here, I just I want to make mention of this because I feel like it's worth mentioning. 
The San Francisco's 49ers wind up as the two seed. The Cowboys right now are the five seed. If the if the Cowboys were to go into the one seed position, um, obviously they would have the bye week. The chances of the 49ers and the Cowboys facing off would be in the NFC title game. Remember all of those amazing matchups from the 1990s that you and I both got to watch growing up, watching the Niners take on the Cowboys, NFC title game. I mean, how yep. fun. How yep. fun, nostalgic, if those two wound up in the NFC title game. I'd be rooting for Niners all day, but, I mean, yep. either way, I mean, it's it still makes for a really fun time because all those years, those were the teams, and those were the teams that always met up in the NFC title game, and they would always have this epic showdown. Everybody was Montana versus Aikman and all this other, and Irvin versus Rice, and here we go. Cowboys and Niners, baby. <laughs> yep. yep. I so, think that'd be, I think that, that would be a tremendous, tremendous matchup. Yeah, and you know what? I, I got to <laughs> credit to Brock Purdy because you are right. He did come out, and, you know, everybody called him Mr. Irrelevant. He was the last guy picked in the draft and whatever the case. To see this rookie come out and the way he's developed and the way he's been learning, and, and he's, he's in the proper system for learning, I think, because I really do believe that the 49ers have the most – outstanding system yep. uh, you know for, for guys to learn under the running game is great the defense is great they have a system where, where quarterbacks can learn and develop and and just really become something special and here we are the Brock Purdy has been incredible for them this year uh, I, I do believe that he is the better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo and I do think he's better than Trey Lance mm-hmm. uh, I will point out one thing I will say and and I'm proud of this is that in the offseason leading into the draft I did mention Brock Purdy in my quarterback stuff uh, when I was talking about the top quarterbacks to come out. And I said, keep an eye on this kid. It could be something special. And Brock Purdy got drafted as Mr. Irrelevant. And everybody said, okay, maybe he's shitty. Uh Uh-uh. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. And everybody needs to be thinking about that. I don't think he's, you know, the next Tom Brady. He could. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? But Brady was drafted late. Yeah, but Brady was drafted late, you know, and and so we could see Brock Purdy become something special, and I'm totally here for it. So the Niners get this one done, 37-34. They're the two seed right now. It's getting interesting. The NFC, baby, here we go. Um, And the Raiders right now getting ready for a fire sale this offseason. What else? Next up, the Seahawks go out and beat the shit out of the Jets, 23-6. You know what? Mike White came out. Maybe we were all wrong about him. He went 23 for 46, 240 yards, two interceptions on the day, a 50% completion percentage. Uh, Geno Smith, I mean, he game managed, and that's kind of been the MO for Geno Smith. A guy that you were given a hard time for a couple of weeks, though, old Kenny Walker, 23 carries. We both were. Yards, a 5.8 average. We're going to talk about Kenny Walker shortly because I want to get into his stats because you're going to be blown away by the yards after contact when it comes to him. Yep. But the Seahawks, 23-6, they keep their playoff hopes alive. With a win and a Green Bay loss, the Seattle Seahawks wind up as the seventh seed. They've got a real opportunity going up against a weak Rams team coming up here this week. Um, What's the over-under on the Seahawks making the playoffs this year? You know, I think they have the best chance. You know, uh, despite the fact that the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are dangerous, I'm still going to give the edge, the slight edge. I mean, to the to the Seattle Seahawks because really they have the early game, and you really have, they have the chance to take the wind out of the Detroit Lions' sails. Um, but 
it's it's kind of interesting to see that you know a team that you know did you know didn't even play the Seahawks you know has a higher conference win percentage so that's what's going to get them into the playoffs but I still would give the edge to the Seahawks because you know they have <clears throat> just enough to get it done and because of the matchup that's the key if the Seattle Seahawks were going up against like a Dallas or a Minnesota or a Philadelphia Eagles forget about it they'd be toast but this is the Los Angeles Rams, the worst Super Bowl team, you know, po- you know, the worst post Super Bowl team in NFL history, arguably. Yep, and and that's kind of where it's headed. The Rams uh, are are getting ready to have a showdown with the Seahawks team, and then as for the Jets, I want to talk about irony here because mm-hmm. the Jets were eliminated from the playoffs, and the Commanders were both eliminated from the playoffs this past week. The Saints were eliminated, and the Browns were also eliminated, but. Jets and Commanders get eliminated from the playoffs, and they do it basically on their own volition, starting the wrong quarterback. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it comes down to uh, Mike White starting. We thought that Mike and I, I'll, I'm guilty. Mike White, I thought he was going to be the guy that saved the day for them, and he wasn't. He threw two interceptions. He, he had a 50 <laughs> percentage. We had been talking. Where's Joe Flacco? Where's Joe Flacco? Yep. And um, Joe Flacco, nowhere to be found. Zonovan Knight, I mean, as good of a, a stretch as he had, only eight carries for 27 yards. The Jets abandoned the run game. It just doesn't make sense to me. And for the Jets to start out so hot and be so good this year to start out and then just to plummet, that's brutal. Uh, and, you, and, you know, and, and, <clears throat> and you're in New York, too. I mean, this isn't like, you know, a Detroit that claws and claws, but then, you know, it, it does same old Lions, you know, over the years. We, I, I've seen it enough. This is, a, this is a New York Jets football team that we were talking about. Oh, man, they're in rebuild mode. Wait a minute. That rebuild's really quick. Oh, I guess it didn't yeah. get quite done. So, you know, you, you get, the, you get that, that, that sense of just, you know, I think the disappointment is really really high in in uh in, in new jersey right now i mean yeah you got your giants but you know the new, if you're a jets fan who oh, your your big brother's probably punching in the head and doing all kinds of shit with his new york giants jersey on oh yeah the giants uh they man painful painful, painful. Fans out there well, um, they, well they, i think they had a gm that looked like he had a stroke <laughs> well at least they don't have coked out adam gase there Oh, that's who I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, coked out Adam Gaze with his eyes bugging out of his head. Um, one thing that made my eyes bug out of my head was this next one. The Packers go out and beat my Vikings 41-17. to Yikes. Um, you know, this has been the – you know, a lot of people are, are in panic mode right now. I'm not panicking, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Number one, this has been the Vikings' MO all season long, okay? They either play a one <laughs> game where they're winning that game – and and you know the Vikings are eleven and zero this year in one score games. Yep. And and that's that's worth mentioning. Either the Vikings play a really competitive game, or they get their asses beat. And that's what it's been since they got beat by Philly in Week Two. Whether it was Dallas, they got beat forty to three. Whether they, I mean, whether it's Green Bay getting beat forty-one to seventeen. I mean, the Vikings they either play a tight game or there's no game, and that's kind of what it is. And this. Yeah. Was, situation it was no game uh the the vikings played poorly <coughs> jefferson didn't play well i'm gonna go ahead and put some shit to rest here though because i have yeah. this yeah. bugged me 
Earlier in the week, Jair Alexander said that he was going to shut down Justin Jefferson, and he thought that Justin Jefferson's big game that he had, his 180-yard game that he had against him in week one was a fluke and whatever else. Justin Jefferson in this game, he put up one catch for 15 yards. Jair Alexander said that he was going to shut down. He personal. He, he made a personal promise, basically. I'm going to shut down Justin Jefferson. <coughs> and Justin Jefferson got shut down. But there are Packers fans that are dancing up and down the street talking about how Jair Alexander shot down Justin Jefferson. Oh, my God. Let me explain something, Packers fans, because you clearly don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Jair Alexander, with his stupid big hat on, sitting in the locker room talking about shutting down Justin Jefferson. He did not shut down Justin Jefferson. He did not play Justin Jefferson in man coverage. He did not shut him down. It was Jair Alexander and either in double coverage with safeties over the top or triple coverage with safeties over the top. It wasn't a situation where Jair Alexander went down and he was such an elite corner and shut down Justin Jefferson. Give me a fucking break, folks. Let's be real here. Let's let's talk about the fact that the man had uh, uh, Justin Jefferson in triple coverage all game long. Okay, let's cut the bullshit. Let's quit talking about Jair Alexander like he's some elite corner. He's a very good corner, but he's not elite, and he can't keep up with Justin Jefferson. If he actually played Justin Jefferson in man coverage <laughs> like he said he was going to do. He'd probably be, get smoked. Yeah, it would be, be having a completely different conversation. Okay, so and and then for Jair, Jair Alexander to stand in that locker room and pretend like he shut down Justin Jefferson, no, you didn't. No, don't stand there and lie. Don't and and for that mushmouth asshole, which which that's what fucking Jair Alexander is. He's a mushmouth asshole. The guy can't even string together a sentence without mumbling, without sounding sounding like he's got a dick in his mouth half the time. And I'm supposed to sit here and think that this guy is something special. The guy that can't talk apparently thinks that he shut down the best receiver in all of football. Give me a fucking break. So that's my rant on that. But the Vikings did not play good ball in this game. <clears throat> Cousins did not play good ball in this game. 18 for 31, 205. He had a pick, or he had a, one touchdown, three picks on the day. Uh, the Vikings didn't play well. Jalen Naylor gets his first touchdown, which is, uh, hey, good for you, MSU guy. That's rock and roll. But um, I will say this. Ed Donatel needs to be fired. It's about time. You've been calling for his head almost every week. Look, I've been critical of Ed Donatel, um, and and I I understand that points given up are the big factor here. Okay, I get that. Ed Donatel's defense has not, this year, (laughs) given up a a million points. the Vikings' point differential would say otherwise, but from a game to game, the reason is is that the Vikings play close games all the time, and then they get when they do play bad, they play really bad. Then we wind up in this situation where they're losing forty-one to seventeen, or they drop, they get forty dropped on them by Dallas or whatever else. Okay, and that's why the Vikings' point differential is is the way it is. They have like a negative two point differential or something like that, which is just insane. But one thing I will say is that. Other games, Ed Donatel's defense has stood up pretty strong, <clears throat> and uh, from a point perspective, and and that's worth mentioning. I, I will say that Ed, Ed Donatel's defense, but at a certain point, the bend don't break stuff, you know, and and it, it just doesn't work at a certain point. And I don't think Ed Donatel has the the um, the personnel to really do a proper three four. 
which is why he's been playing this shell coverage, which, I mean, I again, I can't really blame him for, but if I, for the love of God, see Daniil Hunter lined up across from a wide receiver, <coughs> Jen Watson, like I saw this past Sunday, I'm going to fucking snap. Because <laughs> there's no reason why Daniil Co- Hunter should be in coverage. And there's no reason why Daniil Hunter should be lined up against Christian Watson, who runs a 4-6-40. What are we doing here? It doesn't make sense. The Vikings, uh, you know, and, and here's a, a great example of this. You know, the Vikings, as far as their their point their points uh, given up on defense, 7 to the Packers, 24 to the Eagles, 24 to the Lions, 25 to the Saints, 22 to the Bears, 16 to the Dolphins, 26 to the Cardinals, 17 to the Commanders, 30 to Buffalo, three they or they gave up 40 to, to the Cowboys, 26 to the Patriots, 22 to the Jets, 20, 20 or I'm sorry 34 to the Lions, and then the last several weeks have just been sort of meltdowns. 34 to the Lions, 36 to the Colts, 24 to the Giants, 41 to the Packers. So the wheels kind of came off defensively in the last four weeks, in particular. Yeah, but. Prior to that, it was around the 22 to 24 point range. I would love this defense to be giving up 15 points, 16 points, you know, and really truly shutting people down. It's why I don't think Ed Donatel is is worth talking about. And I, I really do think there are other defensive coordinators out there that, that we could be exploring. And, and a lot of people gave Ed Donatel credit because he only gave up one touchdown in that Colts game. Um, I get that, and I understand there were certain points in that Colts game where the offense <clears throat> setting is back, whether it be with turnovers or whether it be with punts, you know, that, that fake punt that they tried to do that failed at their own 30-yard line. And, you know, it, it just, to me, Ed Donatel needs to go. I've been calling for his head. Ben don't break works to an extent, and I think you're kind of having a crapshoot in this situation going into a playoff with some really tough offenses. It's going to be a crapshoot for the Vikings to make the playoffs this year. It's going to be a crapshoot for them to make it past the divisional round, in my opinion. We'll see how it works out. I hope that the crapshoot, we're just rolling, you know, sevens all day, you know, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Alex, what do you make of this Packers team? What do you make of this Vikings team? What do you What do you think? Well, first and foremost, uh, with the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I mean, we've heard Stephen A. Smith say it you know, off and on, you know, over the years, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers always keeps saying, oh, relax, you know, we got this, you know, um, I want the Aaron Rodgers that, you know, threw a toddler shit fit when he threw three picks against Detroit, the first game. Um, <clears throat> having said that, you know, I don't believe that, you, you know, again, Jair, Alexander's, Jair Alexander is not an elite corner, you know, um, he might shut, he might like help shut down, uh, you know, Jameson Williams, but, Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams, you know, he might also get in triple coverage. I want to, I want to see that matchup. Um, you know, um, you, if you if you talk about the running game, you know, the Packers, you know, had Aaron Jones and they had AJ Dillon, that that one-two punch. So that's really going to be their bread and butter. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But their receiver core, I don't think they're really anything to look forward to. I mean. You know, it's a division game and the playoff spots on the line. So, you know, throw statistics out the window. But if you really think, you know, it's it, it's going to come down to two things with Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers and the running game. You know, it, it, one, that, that... One thing I want to point out as far as their receiving core goes that, that kind of catches my eye. 
I really think they have four number two receivers. Truly. I really I think Alan Lazard, they, they expected Alan Lazard to be a number one. They expected Romeo Dobbs to be a number one. They expected Randall Cobb to be a number one. They expected Christian Watson to be a number Randall one. Randall Cobb, I mean, he's got to be, what, 32 years old? Yeah, yeah, he's in his 30s, but Randall Cobb was a number one <laughs> for a minute. I think they expected all four of these guys to you know, wind up as number one receivers. And they've really all kind of come grading out, really, as like mid-grade number two receivers. you know, And that's kind of what he has. He doesn't have a star over there anymore like Devontae Adams. Mm-mm. And I don't, you know, and, and where there was a time where I think Aaron Rodgers was able to make stars. Right. I really do. And, and now that time is over. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers doesn't yeah. make star receivers anymore, right? He, he, yeah, he, I, think it's, I think it's at the point where, you know, here's a question for you. Uh, does Aaron Rodgers hang it up and retire if Detroit beats them on Sunday? I think so. I think Aaron Rodgers. I'm praying to God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is about done with the league at this point. I think he's mm-hmm. pissed, um, and I don't think he wants to be there anymore. And and what's interesting about that is Aaron Rodgers is is pissed. And he doesn't want to be there anymore. But also, Julian Love is talking, or uh, Jordan Love rather, is talking about not sticking around in Green Bay after that one performance where he came out strong. He doesn't think that he should be a backup and. Frankly, I don't blame him. I think he played really well in relief of Aaron Rodgers in a primetime spot. You know, I, mm. I, I kind of, um, I think the Packers are in dire straits. The only reason I think Aaron Rodgers could stick around is because he's an egomaniac. And I really right. think that he'd be happy that Jordan Love is leaving town. Because if Jordan Love leaves town, then at least Aaron Rodgers feels comfortable with his $50 million contract. Hey, I'm the guy. Of course. Yep. You, know, you, you, you hate to see it. Yep, you hate to see it. But at the end of the day, Packers 41-17. They keep their playoff hopes alive. They got a showdown with the Lions this upcoming week. For Can not uh, Talking wait. about it a lot. Um, next up, Rams and Chargers. The Chargers <laughs> out, beat the Rams 31-10. Justin Herbert makes his way into the playoffs. Uh, he doesn't have an incredible game, but he gets it done. He The Chargers are 10-6. and They're double-digit winners, 31-10. Uh, you know, I like Justin Herbert. I really still believe that he's going to wind up having a bust in Canton. I love this guy. Love him. And I think that between him and Tua, if you were to put Justin Herbert over in Miami right now, mm. we're talking about the Miami Dolphins being 11-5, and 12-4 in the playoffs, well into the playoffs. And I have <coughs> a question right now. If you give Justin Herbert, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle. Oh, shit. We're having a different conversation than we're having right now. But Justin Herbert, he's been doing it with Keenan Allen being hurt and, and you know, uh, uh, Mike Williams being hurt and, and Gerald Everett being hurt and Austin Eckler being hurt. And he's still getting it done. And he's still got double-digit wins. Yep. This poor guy went to such a shitty spot. And, and, frankly, I don't believe in Brandon Staley at all as a coach. I don't think he can he can handle it over there with, with the Chargers. Um yeah. I, I, I don't believe in a lot of the things that he does. I think he takes a lot of unnecessary risks, particularly on fourth down. I think that's that's w- without saying. But Herbert is still getting it done. 21 for 28, 212 yards, two touchdowns in this game. And let's also mention Austin Eckler. 10 carries for 122 yards. Beep, beep. I mean, a 12.2 average. My God. 
playing that guitar all over the place. Austin Eckler, I think he's one of the most electric players in all of football. He's a special running back, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, as you said, he's been hurt pretty much all season. You know, if we take a look, if we take a look at his statistics uh, throughout the year, well, Eckler's been hurt all year, but he he did get hurt <laughs> at one point. He hasn't played all seventeen, I don't think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, to see him come out and do ten carries for 122 yards in one game, you know, here, you know, is definitely, you know, absolutely, you know, something to behold here. And if you if you get a look at it, you know, it, it's just like you said, you know, this year he's only had, uh, you know, he's only had uh, uh, 881 yards this season. You know, and uh, he had 13 touchdowns. You know, he's projected to get 936. He's just going to be short of a thousand. Um, and he, he's already just, you know, he, he just uh, bro, almost broke 3,700 for his career. So the kid's not bad to be, to be, you know, if he wasn't hurt all the time, he'd be a different story. Yeah, you know, Eckler, um, he he was a pretty injury prone early on in his career. I know this year, this year has been interesting. Um, mm. Austin Eckler, I think Austin Eckler doesn't get enough credit. He's played 16 games out of, you know, so he has played every game. But my thing is, Brandon Staley is, is yeah. not. Here's my thing about Austin Eckler. A couple of years ago, we were talking about how um, Austin Eckler was a backup and how he would, had a better average when it came to the starter, Melvin Gordon, over there at that point. Right. And, and how his yards per carry, you know, were, were far better than Melvin Gordon's. And. They were. I mean, every every yards per attempt was was special. And and Austin Eckler, when he finally got the start, he just blew people. The, the, you know, blew the doors off the place. Look at the yard or the uh, the attempts he's getting. I mean, uh, just looking down his stats: 14, 14, 4, 13, 16, 14, 9, 14, 16, 19, 5, 10, 15. 12, 18, 10. Why is Austin Eckler not getting 22 to 23 carries per game? I don't <laughs> understand it. <coughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, kid, <clears throat> the kid obviously has something in him if he can get 122 off just 10. You double those carries to 20, you're looking at like 244. Hell, look at the Cleveland game. He had 16 <clears throat> carries, 173 yards, and four fucking targets for 26 yards. He had a touchdown on the ground and a touchdown through the air. He's the most electric player. And I understand Austin Eckler isn't the biggest running back in the world. I, I get it. He's not the biggest guy. But most running backs aren't big anymore. It just doesn't make sense. Austin Eckler, and that's why Brandon Staley, to me, one of the reasons why I think Brandon Staley's a shit head coach, I don't think he knows what the fuck he's doing half the time. I think he's so focused on on trying to, and, and sometimes we see this in the NFL. We saw it with Kirk Cousins a few years ago. Uh, you know, sometimes I think some of these coaches are so focused on making their quarterback the focal point, and they really want their their big money quarterback and their big time quarterback <clears throat> all this yardage. Mm-hmm. And the case may be, and Eckler has had his history of injuries. I get that, and he's not the biggest guy, but this guy gets in the end zone a lot. He scores a lot of points. He he, he carries the ball effectively. He, he catches the ball out of the backfield. He is arguably outside of Christian McCaffrey, probably the most well-rounded running back in the entire NFL. And mm-hmm. you sit there and give him ten carries for 122. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Ten carries. 
I mean, at that rate, I mean, okay, give him 20. See what he gets. Maybe he'll get another 120. Maybe he'll be looking at 244. You know, I mean, like, what are we talking about? And that's why I don't believe in Brandon Staley. And the fact that he's going to wind up getting another year with the Chargers is silly to me. I think he's a bad head coach. And I think he's running Justin Herbert in the ground. And I don't think Justin Herbert should stay with the Chargers. I think he should go elsewhere because I think he'd be a better quarterback elsewhere. I really believe in Justin Herbert. And I don't believe in Brandon Staley. And I think this Chargers team... If they make the AFC Championship game and they do wind up going against the Chiefs or the Bills or whoever, they're going to wind up getting smoked. But God damn it, I'm totally here for Justin Herbert. And I'm totally on board with that guy. And I've been on board with him. If you remember, I've been on board with Justin Herbert since he got drafted. Since before yep. the draft, I said he was the best quarterback to come out of that draft. And right now, everybody's going to say, oh, well, Joe, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback out of that draft. Well, look at the situation that Joe Burrow walked himself into as opposed to <clears throat> Herbert mm -hmm. because Joe Burrow walked himself into a situation with T Higgins and fucking you know Tyler Demar Boyd and Tyler Boyd and and Joe Mixon and yeah. I'm supposed to think that that Justin Herbert's in a better position no because Justin Herbert has the injury prone Keenan Allen and the injury prone Mike Williams and the injury prone Austin Eckler and I Eckler's been playing well thankfully he's been healthy this year but most times Eckler gets hurt I mean, and, it's just, and, the, and the man still pulled off a 10-win season. Yeah, and he's still pulling it off. I got to give Justin Herbert the biggest kudos and the fact that he's in the playoffs. I'm rooting for the Chargers. And, and I've, I've said on this podcast, like, I'm a Vikings fan. Obviously, everybody knows that. But the Chargers and the Bills are, like, two teams that I'm, like, you know, silently going, yeah, go get them. You know, like, those are two teams that yep. are, like, like in my back pocket. Same with the Bengals. But, man, I, I just, I really believe in, in Justin Herbert. I like this kid a lot. I've always been big. I've been a card-carrying member of his fan club for a while. So, the Chargers, I'm glad to see him in the playoffs. They beat the brakes off the Rams 31-10. to 10, And uh, we we move onward you know, in the yeah. AFC. And then, also, <clears> next the interesting one, the Steelers go out and beat the Ravens on Sunday Night Football, 16-13. to 13. You know, the Ravens falling apart with Tyler Huntley at this point. Oh, boy. I remember that time when he said that, oh, Tyler Huntley is a starter material. Yeah, well, it wasn't me. That was that was, that was <coughs> old Tyler out there saying that Tyler Huntley was starting material. I'm going to go ahead and absolve myself of that one. Tyler Huntley played well last year. You know, in <laughs> Lamar, we talked about it at length, but, you know, here we are, Tyler Huntley does not look like the same guy we saw last year. 14 for 21, 130 yards, one touchdown, one pick. J.K. Dobbins does look like the real deal. If he can stay healthy, he is the real deal. 17 carries for 93 yards. He had a 5.5 average on the day. Mark Andrews, nine receptions for 100 yards. Hey, Mark Andrews. Hey, we'll be shit <laughs> on him. Um, Kenny Pickett, though, 15 for 27, 168, one touchdown. He's not playing great ball. But he's playing good enough ball. And your boy Najee Harris decides to turn it on after the fantasy season's over. Yep. <laughs> carries for 111 yards. You're just hating your life right now, right? Yeah, he just woke up. He decided to wake up at pretty much just the inopportune time. I'm like, okay, well, thanks a lot, dude. But in all seriousness, you know, it's it's just like, you know, he was, I, I drafted him number one in my fantasy because of the season he had last year because of the fact that, you know, his, his pedigree with Alabama and the fact that, you know, he was such a dynamic running back. And then what happened this season? Yeah, you just, Somebody tell me. You just feel like you're punching yourself in the dick at that point, right? I, <laughs> pretty much. But, 
to be to be quite honest, you know, it, it's refreshing to see this. <clears throat> it, you know, we're hoping that Mike Tomlin realizes what he has on his hands, and you know, next year he decides to just, you know, okay, take the training wheels off, kid. Let's see what you can do with this. Uh, Pat Fryermuth goes three for thirty-six. Deontay Johnson gets two for thirty-five. So the pass, the passing game, this game was eh, not really there. I don't think there's a lot of faith in Kenny Pickett right now, and and I understand why because Pickett has played kind of questionable ball all year, but. At the end of the day, the Steelers are still alive in this thing, and they still have an opportunity to to come out and be the the seven seed in this playoff picture, and it's yep. leading their way right now. Kenny Pickett has kept them alive, and Najee Harris has kept them alive. Now, do I think that the Steelers make it past the divisional round? Probably not. But this has gotten quite interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point, and we could be talking about a playoff berth for them based on, based on you know, two really tough games coming up, one for the Miami Dolphins who are starting a junkie quarterback, and one for the Patriots who are taking on the crazy-ass difficult Buffalo Bills who are looking to be the one seed. I, it, <laughs> it, it, it's gotten nuts. It's really yep. gotten nuts, Alex. It's gotten fun. I, and you can <laughs> probably by the excitement in my voice all week long that I've just or all show long that I've been fired up for week 18. Yep. I am so stoked. I love playoff. <laughs> I love this time of year. Week 18 has turned into like a holiday for me. You know yep. like we have our football holidays. We always do. We have our we have the draft and we have the Super Bowl and it's all 3 days of the draft or a fucking full ass holiday. And we got you know the Super Bowl or is a a holiday for us. And, and we, we talk about these things, and now, here we are, Week 18 has become like a football holiday because of all the excitement that comes with playoff football, and we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen each game. Last year, I sat there with Tyler over at his place, and we were, we were laughing so hard because the back-and-forth matchup, if you remember, the final game of the year came down to Raiders and Chargers on yep. Sunday football. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, the Ra- and it, it the- the game was tied. The yeah. Chargers, I think, Brian, was Brian Staley part of the team back then, too? Yep. He was probably the one that cost the Chargers a playoff spot because he it thought, was, okay. It, it, was, and we, it was funny because if they had tied, both teams would have made the playoffs and the Steelers would have been eliminated. And my understanding is Justin Herbert went to the sidelines during that game and said, I would do anything for a tie. You know? So yeah. now, <laughs> now week 18 – the Steelers who have a shot to make the playoffs. I can't believe I'm saying that. I didn't think that Kenny Pickett and and company would would wind up making the playoffs, but now they have a real, I mean, a true opportunity for a playoff picture. How amazing! How, how nuts is that? It's it's crazy. <clears throat> I can't believe it. The Dolphins taking on the Jets, and and then the Dol- the Jets go add a hell with it. Let's play playoff spoiler. Trot Joe frickin' Flacco out there to take on the Miami Dolphins. Where has Joe been since week five? Because I want Joe Flacco all the time. If I can just have Joe Flacco all the freaking time, I will have Joe Flacco all the freaking time. If I am if I am Robert Soleil, I'm starting Joe Flacco. Yep. All the we, time. We, we've been we've been talking about it. Who and who's his number one guy? Garrett Wilson. Yep. You know, Zach Wilson keeps throwing it to this other guy, and no no disrespect to him, but uh, to the receiver. But, you know, in between disrespecting the team and being a, 
uh, <laughs> having a Elijah Moore. Uh, it, but you know, between disrespecting the team and having being a pension as a milf hunter, you know, Zach Wilson's proven himself to not really be the guy there. And yep. you know, it, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's starting to be uh, it, it's it's nuts. Yeah, it's been nuts. And and here we go. I mean, like I said, we got three teams in the mix for that seven seed. I'm feeling it. And and the Steelers kept their playoff hopes alive with this win. Uh, it, it's it's exciting. This is exciting football. And we're going to see what happens with the, the AFC South. So we'll know our division leaders, our division winners, uh, for the AFC at least, <laughs> yep. moving forward and, and uh, come Saturday. But, man, I'm fired up. Uh, and, and last but not least, we got the Monday Night Football game. Let's talk about this a little bit, Alex, because this is, like you said, it was the, kind of the atomic bomb in the room. Um, yep. So the Bills and the Bengals are taking each other on. The Bengals are winning 7-3. <laughs> the Bengals come into the, the game uh, on offense. There's a pass to T. Higgins. T. Higgins comes running over the middle. And the Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, takes a um, basically <coughs> – what looks like a pretty routine tackle, really. I mean, it, it was pretty routine. Uh, T. Higgins lowers his shoulder, tags him basically in the chest, and uh, they both, you know, they, they go down to the ground. DeMar Hamlin stands up, and then DeMar Hamlin seems to stagger, and then DeMar Hamlin basically kind of goes down like sort of like a tree in the woods, kind of timber style, um, mm-hmm. and... and uh, Wax his head on the ground pretty bad. Uh, I, in, in you and I being professional wrestlers for the record, mm-hmm. uh, and and I know Tyler is, and I, you know we we got a group of friends that are pro, pro wrestlers. Um, Demar Hamlin's head snapping back like that made Oof. me cringe because we always talk about you know when we're when, uh, in the ring and guys are taking back bumps, which is kind of falling on your back like that. They have to tuck their chin, and we don't want them to be whacking the back of their head off the uh, off the ground like that. And um, that's kind of what it looked like when it came to DeMar Hamlin. He, he whacked his head off the ground. But what what it comes down to is is on the field, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest uh, yeah. from this uh, blow to the chest. He goes down. His heart stopped. Uh, yeah. Very scary situation. Hamlin, I mean, we're watching with, with bated breath on <clears throat> I mean, I football wondering what in the hell is going on. Um, and then my understanding, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but my understanding is that uh, they went to load him into the ambulance. They actually pulled an ambulance onto the field. They went to put him in the ambulance. They realized he wasn't breathing, and they decided to put him down and begin CPR. Yeah. Uh, did CPR for about nine minutes and brought him back to life. My understanding when it comes to DeMar Hamlin is he was brought back to life not once but twice. Wow. Um, you know, it, it, this whole situation. Um, and then uh, he got to the hospital, University of Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati. They had him on 100 percent oxygen. Now, I, I know not a lot of people don't know about like the levels of oxygen that people can give you. But weirdly mm-hmm. enough, I do understand that because I just had my twins, my my two babies that were uh, in the NICU, the newborn ICU there. And, and they were in there for about a good eight weeks. Um, and mm-hmm. They had them on different levels of oxygen and, uh, you know, they'd be on 10% oxygen, 20% oxygen, so on and so forth. And so for DeMar Hamlin to be on a hundred percent oxygen because he wasn't breathing on his own is pretty significant. 
Um, yeah. And they brought him down to 50% oxygen the next day because he did start breathing on his own, which is good. They, they, they had his, his heart started moving, which is wonderful. Since then, he's had the tube removed, the, the breathing tube, which is fantastic. He's breathing on his own and he's communicating. Um, <laughs> all reports say he's made large amounts of improvement. He actually woke up, I guess, and he's had his eyes open. He's communicating with folks. He asked who won the game. You know, I mean, so. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the answer he was given was, uh, no. no, you won. You yeah. won the game of life. Yeah, that's what the doctor said. You won the game of life. Um, so a few things. I, I want to give some some shout outs in love. Mm-hmm. And, and first and foremost, I want to give some love. Um, number one, T. Higgins out there, because uh, T. Higgins, my understanding is from a lot of folks that they were worried about T. Higgins and the fact that T. Higgins, you know, would feel guilty about this situation <laughs> and what the case may be. And T. Higgins did nothing wrong. There were people out there that were blaming T. Higgins for for this situation. Shame on you, because this is a physical game, and it's a physical sport, and that's what it is. And T. Higgins was just doing his job and playing a physical game and a very physical sport. So for people out there to blame T. Higgins, shut up. You you have nothing to talk about at that point. T. Higgins did nothing wrong. And um, to T. Higgins' credit, and he's a damn good receiver, uh, to T. Higgins' credit, he actually, all he was worried about was DeMar Hamlin. And that's all he was worried about. That's all anybody was worried about was DeMar Hamlin. Then in t- both teams, both coaches, you know, the officials. I mean, you know, the, you know, there were reports that, oh, uh, Roger Goodell, you know, or not Roger Goodell, but, you know, the, the league has, has ordered, you know, has said both teams had five minutes to warm up. And then, you know, obviously the VP of uh, the National Football League comes out and says that conversation never happened. So, yeah. you know, so, yeah. who, so who's whispering no, that little nothing into people's headsets? Right. I, I want to make that clear. I, I think there was a lot of bad reporting going on there. Yep. Um, for, for once, I'm going to stand in the the uh, um, the corner of the league here. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm going to I'm going to say whoever reported it, whoever really threw that out there, whoever really believes that the, the National Football League, a there's people out there going, oh, the league doesn't care about player safety. Look, the league has done everything that they can as far as player safety goes and as far as, you know, concussions goes uh, and, and, and they've <coughs> gone above and beyond. Um, and, and you can't say that they haven't. I mean, I remember a few years back, if you, if we were talking about 20 years ago and talking about concussions, uh, what, what's the most common thing you'd hear when, when concussions just happen? Oh, you got your bell rung. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just walk it off. Just shake it off. off. You got your bell rung. And the league has gone above and beyond to try and, and, you know, handle concussions. And I understand this isn't a concussion, but, but to say that, that the league doesn't care about player safety is just silly. So for yeah. people to be out there saying that, that the NFL doesn't care about player safety and it's just a bunch of rich old guys that just all throw the players on the field, who cares if they get hurt, blah, blah, blah. I think that's nonsense. Um, and I'm also going to say that as far as um, uh, people reporting the league gave people five minutes to get back on the field. What I really think happened from from a reasonable and logical standpoint, because I know people are just looking for shit to be outraged about a lot of times. I really do think that it got placed in Roger Goodell's lap, and Roger Goodell said, I'll leave it up to the teams on the field. Which is the right thing to do. And both teams met in the middle of the field. They met with the lead official and they said, you know, listen, we we don't feel comfortable playing football in this situation because we want to understand the well-being of our comrade here. And and kudos to the coaches. (laughs) And I'm going to give kudos to the NFL for the way that they handled this situation, because I feel like the NFL handled the situation effectively. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, I'm going to give big ups to Stefan Diggs yep. because Stefan Diggs, uh, he was seen in, in several of the Bills teammates. Uh, I'm also going to give uh, kudos, and, and this is not from a, a, um, a standpoint of vanity, but I want to give a big, big ups to Harrison Phillips as well, the defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. Harrison mm-hmm. Phillips, the former Buffalo Bill. Um, Harrison Phillips went out and bought all of the EMTs, all of the doctors, DeMar Hamlin's family, bought them all dinner, uh, a fancy dinner uh, mm. <laughs> a, a couple nights ago. Uh, kudos to him because he is good pals with DeMar Hamlin. But for all the grief that I have given Stefan Diggs over the last year or two for yep. leaving the Minnesota Vikings and the way he left the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know what? That's a hell <clears throat> mate. That's mm. a hell teammate. I can't say one nasty, awful thing about Stefan. Stefan Diggs, after seeing that video and seeing him basically go walking into that hospital when they were trying to keep everybody out and saying, look, I need to be with my teammate mm-hmm. and all of his buddies, all the other teammates, they, they may, a bunch of them may have left and gone home, but the one that was there was the star receiver. Mm-hmm. He's a star. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Stefan Diggs is a star. And Absolutely. Be there for his teammate. That's a leader. That's a teammate. That's a friend. That's a brother. That's a dude. I, yeah. Stefan Diggs, as much as much shit as I've given him for for leaving the Vikings the way that he did as a prima donna or whatever, he shut me right up, and and I'll I'll eat that, I'll eat that crow with a smile. Kudos to him, and and I'm <clears> getting <throat> a, a big shout out and kudos to all of the the people that were on ESPN that night on Monday Night yep. Football. Troy Aikman and Booger McFarlane, all those guys, uh, Schefter, every one of them, mm-hmm. those people that was on there that held down that fort, that held it down in a very strenuous and a very uh, um, unprecedented and uncomfortable circumstance that had to hold it down on Monday Night Football. Those people deserve the utmost credit. <clears throat> They deserve every bit of credit because, and we've all given Booger McFarlane and, and and Joe Buck shit on this show. We have, but my lord, I watched Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and Booger McFarlane and whoever else, Lisa Salters and all these people, yep. hold it down, just in a in a an extraordinary circumstance. Yep, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, you know? I mean to basically cover. And, you know, there's no stats to cover, you know, there's no game points to cover because, number one, you, you know, you're not even thinking about a football game. You're thinking about the, the safety and the well-being of, of your fellow NFL player and yeah. your fellow man, really. You know, Booger getting, you know, really emotional. Like, it really touched his heart, you know, because <clears throat> he's been there on that field. And, you know, and Ryan Clark, too. I, I got to give up big ups to Ryan Clark. For 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 the, the 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 things that he said on on I mean just it was amazing and the outpouring of <laughs> and for once for for once in, in on this show because I've had problems with with NFL fan I have and I'll be yeah. to tell you my fellow NFL fans I got to give a shout out to my NFL fans because Demar Hamlin is a part of a charity that it, it, it it's like a Toys for Tots charity almost yeah, I yeah. the actual name of it. That charity had what I think three thousand dollars in donations put aside, and when this all occurred, Markham <clears throat> Charity blew up to damn near ten million dollars. Ten million. 
Because I, I, we heard, we were hearing initial numbers of three million. Yeah, it's almost a ten. Holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, and I, I also just because you know you and I are a couple of wrestlers, I do have to give a shout out to Chris Jericho. Chris mm-hmm. Jericho down, uh, he he sent five thousand dollars to the charity, and then he realized he spelled his name wrong and sent another five thousand dollars <laughs> to the charity with his name spelled correctly. I <laughs> love Chris Jericho just for that. That is fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, he, he's tru- yeah. truly one of the truly one of the goats in wrestling. Yeah, who else? Who else would do that? But um, one there, there's a group of people I'm going to wag the finger at. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. I have to wag the finger at them. There was a group of people out there, and and I saw it on Twitter, and I was bothered by it. it That's me, your first problem. It, it may be yeah, right. I'm I'm out on Twitter. Shame on me. But I, there were people out there that were trying to talk about how I I saw this quote and it bugged me. Mm -hmm. The vaccine claims another one. Oh boy. I, I, when we were talking about this offline, uh, you know, the night of the game and I was like, Oh Jesus. Cause I know how critical you have, we're friends. We, I know you've, how critical you've been about the vaccine, about how, uh, you know, it shouldn't be made mandatory. So to, to see, <clears throat> but yeah, but even you understand, we both understand just how asinine the quote that you just said really is. Right. I've, I've been critical of vaccine in the past and, and, uh, you know, it, and I, I've been uh, of, of the fact that it would, you know, they were trying to make it mandatory and whatever else, but folks, let me make this clear. There is a 24 year old young man who was in a hospital that was fighting for his life. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was a 24-year-old man who suffered a heart <laughs> stoppage, cardiac arrest, that died not once, but twice Yep. on a football field, in an ambulance. He died, and he got brought back to life. This is not the time. This is not the, the, the point where any of you, any of you, say a goddamn thing about your political stance i do not give a fuck about your political stance and yes we're at fuck at this point i do not care about your political stance a 24 year old man was in the hospital and he fucking died and the lot of you to sit on twitter and to try and make some sort of political stance over his damn near dead body fuck you fuck every one of you every one of you deserves that fuck you you should delete your account, get off of Twitter, shut your fucking mouth, and, and, and leave the poor guy alone. And don't try and sit there and make some political bullshit comment because you want to try and make everything about fucking politics. Nobody gives a rat's ass about your politics. Not one person. Nobody. Not me, not Alex, not any of those people out there that truly care about this young man's life. And if that's your fucking stance, you're a piece of hot garbage. That's what you are. You are a human excrement. And I don't give two shits what you have to say. Shame on you. Shame on you and anybody else that went out on a social media and said, oh, it's a vaccine. Fuck off. The kid's heart stopped. You should be ashamed. God damn. Somebody else that we need to kind of wag the finger at. I mean, you know, at least this guy had the decorum and the professionalism to apologize. Not quite as uh, fire-inducing as uh, as 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 the vaccine comment, but 
uh, old Skip Bayless. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's been a, he's you know kind of been. I mean, depending on who, I I don't give two shits about you know the 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 sports talk shows. I mean, I'll look up old clips just to laugh, but Skip Bayless goes, and I quote. <clears throat> No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. Oh, that's funny. Why do you think it seems so irrelevant? Oh, that's right. Because a man's life is on the line. That's why. Yeah, because somebody somebody fucking died twice. And you're going to be talking about about the, the, oh, I don't know how we can postpone the game. You know, and it's no wonder Shannon Sharp didn't show up the next day. And it's no wonder why Shannon Sharp and him had it out the following day. You know, mm-hmm. I, Skip Bayless, look, I like Skip. Here's the thing. I like Skip. I do. I really do. I think Skip Bayless, you know, he, he as much shit as a lot of people give Skip Bayless and a lot of problems that people give Skip Bayless, you know, and Skip Bayless is, is sort of like um, in this situation, he kind of comes off like a shock jock. You know, oh, yeah. He, well, they all are, but, yeah, you know. So he comes off like Howard Stern in this situation. You know, it's like, Skip, read the fucking room, dude. Read yeah. the room. Like, like for real, just take a step back and read the fucking room. For Christ's sake. What, 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 what were Schefter talking about, Booger talking about, Lisa talking about? They said, you know, football does not matter at this point. Yeah. What matters is that a human being is fighting for his life. And, yeah. and, and miraculously... Thankfully, that life was saved and that life is, you know, coming to fruition. You know, he's he's communicating with his family by, you know, he's breathing on his own. He's able to move his arms and legs. You know, there's concern about brain damage, not just from the hit from landing on his head, but from the lack of oxygen and the fact that his heart stopped for crying out loud. So, you know, and 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 the one good and the one thing that we'll say Because, you know, he is a professional. He did apologize. But the fact of the matter is, you want to know how you insert your foot in your own mouth? That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, social media can be really great and it can be really bad. Um, And and sometimes, you know, I think people just, you know, they they type before their brain can catch up. And and that's kind of where we're at. Pulling the cart before the horse. Yeah. And, and, you know, to me, I I do think that this game should have been continued, but, but not that night. Like no. to continue the football game and, and, you know, okay, go ahead and push it off a week, you know, but well, like you don't, obviously you, you shouldn't need to start the game and, and continue the game that night. Fuck. I wouldn't want to start that game that night. Push it off a week, make them go on Thursday night football or something, you know, and, yeah. and, or, or give them a tie something, but like, don't sit here and tell people, oh, well, you know, I know that guy just died over there. But let's continue this football game. Like, what a dick. And there were a lot of, you know, and that's that's where I got to give kind of wag the finger at ESPN because there were a lot of folks at ESPN that were acting that way. Oh, well, I don't know how you can't continue this game. We should continue this game. What are you hot? I didn't I didn't hear that during the the Monday Night Football podcast, the the Monday Night Football uh, telecast. So I have to imagine it was a group of personalities either, you know, in the Twitter community or just in the ESPN community. It's like your head's in the wrong place, man. Yeah, it was it was a lot of people in the the ESPN community on Twitter that that were making it clear that they wanted that game to be started, and you know, and then after their bosses said, "No, don't post that." I guess one of them posted, you know, and I forget the guy's name, but he said, you know, "Oh well, oh ESPN must have gone woke 
because oh stop it oh stop it you know another another round of political uh russian roulette bs shut up yeah it's it's stupid shit nobody gives a fuck about your politics i don't care a man almost died a 24 year old and really 24 you know we say 24 year old man to you and i that's a 24 year old kid i'm about to be 36 years old that's a 24 year old kid to me yeah, that's somebody's that's somebody's son, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's father. You know, he has a family. Right. I mean, I just I don't understand it. I so don't. shame on, on Skip Bayless, shame on the folks that are over here trying to make this political. Nobody cares about your politics, folks. Nobody cares. Shame on you. Shame on you. That's bullshit and it's wrong. Yep. So, but that's where I stand on that. Um, but that game has been canceled. Bills and Bengals game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it does open up some exciting opportunities like we discussed at the top of the show. Let's get, let's get some light at the end of this tunnel. Let's have right. some uplifting news. Uh, right. Besides the fact that besides the fact that he's healthy, you know, we could be seeing an eighth team in the playoffs. We could be seeing a, a structure that could lead to, you know, the, the playoffs being restructured to a point. Hey, eight teams worked out pretty well last year. Why don't we keep doing it? Right, right. Uh, the, the, the playoffs originally, I, I think the the understanding was that the playoffs were going to be kind of shifting their way into an eight team situation, and I think that's where they, where they were headed. This kind of maybe the catalyst to create that eight team situation, which I'm not actually entirely against. On one thing, on one one end, I do think it's unfair to the one seeds because I do think they played for that bye week and they deserve that mm, bye week. True, I, I say that too. It's it's kind of rough for them. Yeah, and, and on the other end, I'm kind of just like, eh, I don't know. Um, and, we, and, you know, definitely to have something, you know, come to fruition like this, you know, as a result of something horrible that, that would happen to DeMar Hamlin. I mean, that's that's iffy, too. But right. um, I, this this could wind up being an 18 playoff. Though. And and that's that's kind of at the end of the day, which could work out for, for both the Lions and the Packers and the Seahawks, really, at the end of the day. Um, and, it, and it could work out for the Dolphins and the Steelers. It could work out for the Patriots. I mean, it, it helps a lot of teams. Um, and, it, and it kind of makes sense, really, at the end of the day. You have 16 teams on each side. You're talking about 18 playoffs. So the top eight gets in, so the top half. And then they play it out, which is fine. There's no bye week, but hey, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Just That's more like, football to watch, really. It's really more football. Um, and it would make for a very exciting wild card weekend. So, I mean, it would all make a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, uh, that's that's our our scores through the NFL, uh, folks. I, I hope you uh, didn't mind my my Demar Hamlin rant, but I had to get that off my chest. It had been bugging me since Monday night, and yeah, it uh, sounded like it had some zip to it. It was like it was like it was like a like a bad burrito you ate at Taco Bell, and and it wasn't coming out the one end everybody thinks it came out of. Yeah, I was mad. I was it was it was very it, it's very. It's, it, on the one hand, we know social media is a great thing, but we also know that you know social media houses a lot of stupid people. Yep, and that's that's kind of where it's at. But Alex, um, we're we're got through our scores here. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to uh, finish off my beer here, and then we're going to go ahead and and jump into uh, our uh, MVP discussion. We've got we're, we're right on the precipice of our of, of our show MVP really and and discussing who that's going to wind up being. Um, and there's kind of a showdown now that that's kind of taken place because of Justin Jefferson's match or a uh, uh, lack of performance last week. We'll say um, who our LVP is going to wind up being. I and, vote Russell Wilson. 
Yeah, well, uh, hey, Russell Wilson, but we also have a guy that showed up on the list this week that is right up in the the, the running there with old Russ. And then we're going to be talking about our rookie rankings because our, our rookie of the year is starting to really take shape. So we're going to be jumping into this stuff. We're going to get our predictions, our news around the league. So, folks, we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all. Get ready. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the Cannonball Alex Steele. Hooray! And he kind of pulled the cart before the horse a little bit, but. I'm not alone. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would like to welcome a very, very special guest of VSG, my brother and my cohort at the Steel Twins Gaming, The Package, Andrew Steele. What is up, y'all? Andrew, you're you're on your very first podcast with us. I'm super stoked to have you. You know, we've been talking about your picks, you know, throughout the the season. Yeah. As it currently stands, you are in third, man. You're in third behind Alex and I. Um, yeah, I, I and Tyler at this point has been disqualified. He didn't turn in his picks for this past week, so disqualified. <laughs> uh, moving forward, at, right now I'm at one fifty eight ninety five and three. Alex is at one fifty five ninety eight and three. Andrew, you are at one forty nine one hundred four and three. You have taken the more risks out of anybody. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Some of them have paid off. Some of them have not. Yeah, I'm he's a gambler. Yeah, you you are, man. You've been you've been uh, throwing that proverbial dick around. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that old that old chestnut. <laughs> welcome, welcome, to, welcome to that part of our uh, humor uh, universe. Uh, <laughs> strap in, not literally. Just who in the hell you are, Andrew. Just that's what it is. You're reminding everybody. I am the package. And uh, we are ready to rock and roll. Alex, Andrew, we've got some stuff to jump into. We have our top 10 performances of the week. It's starting to wind down here, the MVP voting. I've been talking for a few weeks about how the MVP voting has been sort of tight between about four to five guys. We've been talking about Justin Jefferson. We've been talking about Patrick Mahomes. We've been talking about Josh Allen. We've been talking about Devontae Adams. I mean, so those four have been sort of the big four this year so far. Uh, so we'll jump into our top 10 performances of the week, starting out with number 10, Jared Stidham. Yeah. From the Raiders. Uh, it, it's funny that he winds up on the list because he is technically a backup, but he goes 23, 23 for 34, 
365 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions on the day. Uh, Stenham had himself a hell of a fucking performance here. I'm blown away. Yeah, and you know, we talked about it earlier on the show. Um, it doesn't seem that uh, Jarrett is going to be the guy you know, to lead uh, Las Vegas out of the dark ages. <clears throat> I mean, let's face it. I mean, the team's a dumpster fire, uh, fire sale in Vegas. But, I mean, with a stat line like that, <clears throat> you know, playing a, against a game, San Francisco 49ers team, you know, it, it's it's really it it really speaks to how impressive that is, and uh, you know, it's a, it makes one excited for what he can do in the future, don't you think, Package? Yeah, <clears throat> exactly my point. Um, not sure if he, and also now I don't think I don't know if he's going to be the guy coming forward. I don't know if he's going to resign or you know get traded or whatever. I believe but, I believe he's a backup, but I mean anything's possible. Yeah. Oh yeah, backup. Yeah. So uh, here's here's my thing, Andrew, as a Raiders fan seeing a backup come into this game going 365 yards wow three touchdowns two picks i mean against a san francisco 49ers defense that is i mean top top of the line right <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh, uh, absolutely impressive i would i would um, if you're a true raiders if i were actually i would i would, I would definitely go behind him other yeah. than uh, Derek carr yeah, you you got to be jizzing your pants right now, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> well, right? I mean, <coughs> I, I see a back, me. I see a backup on that level, and I'm going, what in the hell is going on? Yeah, where, where's this guy been the whole season? Yeah. Uh, the real question is, what happened to the Niners' defense in that in that run? Seriously? Yeah, I mean, it it, it begs the question: Is the Niners' defense did they just have a bad week, or is Jared Stidham the real deal? We're going to see if Stidham's the real deal. I mean, moving forward, I want to see if the the Raiders say, oh, we got ourselves a quarterback and say, hey, you know, let's just play this guy. But Stidham winds up as number 10 on our list. Number nine goes to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Uh, 29 for 42, 328 yards, three touchdowns and a pick on the day. This is Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Just textbook, right? Exactly. There's no doubt about it. Patrick Mahomes has been uh, in talks of the MVP for so damn long, ever since like his rookie year in uh, Kansas City, and uh, and he and the Eric Reed, and he, he and Andy Reid have like some, formed some sort of bond, uh, much like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, it's the ultimate quarterback head coach duo of the NFL. Right. And you, you, you have one of the best weapon, one of the best tight ends in the game Travis Kelsey. We've, we've talked about this on the show before, you know, it's basically when it comes to tight ends, it's Travis Kelsey and everybody else. Um, <clears throat> but you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's odd that he's so far down on the top 10 performances that, that must mean, but you know, again, it's, it's 29 for 42. It's almost 50%. 50% catches and and to be honest, you know, you're throwing the ball 42 times. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is quite a lot. It's a handful. Yeah, he he threw the ball quite a bit. I Patrick Mahomes and, and to to Andrew's point, uh yeah, I I do agree with you. I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes over the last few years to quote Forrest Gump, they go together like peas and carrots. Is yes, it? indeed. They they do. They they there is a really special duo there and and Patrick Mahomes, uh, I I dread the day that he winds up with a different head coach because I think Andrew, Andy Reid is obviously one of the best of all time. Um, but Mahomes, man, this is like what what's funny to me at 328 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. That's like every Sunday. 
This is like an everyday performance for Patrick Mahomes. And, and I really believe that for him to be number nine on this list is, mm-hmm. just, I mean, it shows how crazy the performances <clears throat> this week were, which brings me to number eight. And when I say crazy, I mean crazy because number eight goes to, you're not going to believe this, Sam Darnold. 20- yeah. Oh, <laughs> I remember that, dude. 341 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Um, Sam Darnold just, I mean, goes out and takes on a, a Bucks defense, and I understand they're missing some pieces, but to go out and, and be the quarterback that Sam Darnold was on Sunday, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm yeah, ab- away. absolutely. And, you know, you're going up against the GOAT. You're going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's, divi- it's a division game, so division games always seem to, to bring out the best in players. Um, and we all we all know that the Sam Darnold experiment failed in New York. It failed in Carolina. We we busted his balls about it. But it's so refreshing to see that he he rips off a pretty great stat line about like this. Don't you agree, Andrew? Oh, it's it's unbe- it's unbelievable. How how in the world could a guy like Sam Darnold go from um, bust to to the guy to the guy who fought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the bitter end? And not only that. Uh, the the previous week um, threw all over the well, not necessarily threw all over the Lions, but he did already. He, he, did no, he, he ran all over the Lions. That's yeah. the problem. So no, uh, it, it, no, it, and to be clear, he hasn't gone from bust to anything. He's still a bust, but uh, it, it's pretty cool to see this stat line against this team. Yeah, it's kind of out of control. I, I, it's it's one of those things where you're like, what the hell happened this week? Like. It, mm-hmm surprising stat line but for sam darnold to wind up as number eight on this list just makes me go hey eh? <laughs> if you if you hadn't been your parlay this week you got some money yeah yeah I, I imagine that somebody made made a lot of money off of that uh number seven goes to a guy that <laughs> alex i know you're fired up about deandre swift 11 yep. carries for 78 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. he also four receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown he had 117 from scrimmage a uh, hell of a day for old deandre swift if you if you start him in fantasy, you're just you know soaking your jockeys at this point, right? Well, um, I think I think the guy that uh, consistently throughout the year has put up better stats is Jamal Williams, and he had 22 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown. So you know we were talking about why is Cam Akers not getting 22 carries? You know, <clears throat> Jamal Williams has proven that he is truly like the number one rusher in this in this team, which is kind of surprising. But DeAndre Swift definitely has come into his own. You know, and I think it's good, it's great that Jamal Williams is on this team because he is a leader. You know, um, but as far as DeAndre Swift is concerned, I mean, they were he was a great pickup. You know, even when the Lions had their three thirteen and one season. What say you? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, and, and uh, to DeAndre Swift's four receptions, thirty-nine yards, and a touch, and a touch, and a receiving touchdown. <coughs> that, that that put together with his runs, that is also a good one. But yes, Jamal Williams, without without question, is the number is a number one running back with Ben Johnson's offense. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Jamal Williams is something special. We're going to be talking about him shortly. Uh, DeAndre Swift, though, and that's a spoiler, by the way, but DeAndre Swift had himself a hell of a game uh, this past week, um, just killing it. He's number seven on the list. Number six goes to Christian McCaffrey. He mm-hmm. had oh, oh, yeah. for 121 yards. He had a touchdown. He also had six receptions for 72 yards. He had 193 from scrimmage. Uh, he winds up as number six on this list. 
The Niners made a push at the trade deadline to get Christian McCaffrey to make sure that they had a, a situation where they were contending for a Super Bowl. I think at the beginning of the year, just like I thought and just like many other people thought, and, and you you can see it by my, my fantasy draft situation, that Elijah Mitchell was going to be the guy. Then mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell turned out to not be the guy. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be Christian <clears throat> McCaffrey. They, they went and picked him up at the trade deadline. And he has caught on to their system, lickety split. He is the man over there. Uh, he winds up as number six. Andrew, Christian McCaffrey, is he? Is he? Are, are we going to be talking next year about this guy potentially breaking a rushing yardage record? I mean, what? What do you? <clears throat> you bet your bottom dollar. I mean, look at this guy. He's uh, he he he's not only he's not only going to average like what uh six point five. I think he's going to average eight yards a carry. He's probably going to average like what. Uh, 200 yards per game. Uh, well, given the right, uh, given the right equipment, given the right uh, offensive line to uh, protect the quarterback, which they have, and uh, get create those open gaps. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will, could have himself one hell of a year next year. Well, you know, I'm talking about this year too. And now here's the deal too: Christian McCaffrey is an all-around player. You know, he's he's able to catch balls in traffic. And also uh, to run, you know, Debo Samuel was a same a similar player this year, and you know we kind of like thought about what what the heck are you doing, uh, you know, turning Debo Samuel into a receiver, just have him, uh, and, and turn him into a running back. He's obviously a superior receiver, um, but it's really refreshing to see a talent like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you know, you, we talk about teams selling the farm to go get their next guy. You know, the Denver Broncos sold the farm to get Russ Wilson, and he ended up serving uh, deep-fried SpaghettiOs. In this case, however, the San Francisco 49ers sold the farm, and they got a bell cow out of it. What say you? Yeah, you know, the 49ers right now, so with Christian McCaffrey on the field, <clears throat> so Christian McCaffrey is, last year we were talking about, um, uh, you know, only six people winding up over 1,000 yards. I think it was six running backs. I, I think that was the number. Uh, and here we are. Christian McCaffrey is definitely one of those guys at the current moment uh, uh, combined. And I'm going to use the combined yardage because he did play for the Panthers and then he went to the Niners. But since he went to the Niners, since the trade deadline, Christian McCaffrey has 149 attempts for 701 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. So, I mean, that, I think he is a perfect fit for that San Francisco team. It took him a couple of weeks to get, come into it. Well, actually, I take that back. He's got 149 attempts, 701 yards, and six touchdowns. He also has 49 receptions for 430 yards and three touchdowns. So in the since the trade deadline, basically, <laughs> we're talking about nine touchdowns and over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. That's think insane. About, think about that. That's insanity to me. Um, but, you know, Chris <clears throat> a special player. I think the Niners have their, their running back. And I don't think he's um, – I don't think he's that old at this point either, I, honestly. I. I, I would have to look at his age, but, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey's been a good player for the Panthers. Uh, and, and he, he's 26 years old. He's 26. He hasn't even hit his prime yet. Yeah. That's, that's the scary thing. <clears throat> yeah. This June he turns 27. So I, I look, the Niners get him in his prime. They get the running mm. future. I mean, I, I love it. I think this is brilliant. I think it's a brilliant move for them and, uh, teams need to watch out. And, and this guy is going to run into whoever. <clears throat> And he is going to take them to task, whichever team it is. He will take them to task this upcoming offseason or this coming postseason. So get ready for that. But number five is a guy that you were just talking about recently, just in a couple of what, two, two selections ago, was Jamal Williams. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
144 yards and a touchdown. He also had one reception for 13 yards. He led the league in rushing in Week 17 with that 144 yards. Just chug-a-lugging like you were just doing there. But he, um, that man is a tank. He yep. lowers his shoulder. He plows into people. He he reads like <laughs> fullback, but he runs like hell. I, I just This is a great selection by the Lions. I loved it when he got picked up. I thought he was going to be more of a goal line guy. But he's also that kind of guy that can be at every down back, a, a first and second down back, a lead back, as you put it. Um, Andrew, do you love Jamal Williams? Are you crazy about him? I freaking love Jamal Williams. He is the best all player on the reason for that. Now, the reason for that is because of his offensive line. He's, 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 he's four guys up front. Got center Frank Ragnow. Guards uh, Jonah Jonah Jackson and um, all those other guys. You know, all these guys creating all that space and all and all the gaps for Jamal Williams just just leg it all the way through to the tunnel. And I, I got to tell you, he could be he could very well be the next Barry Sanders if he keeps Ooh. up this play. That is a bold prediction, there, Cotton. Um, I will I will say that uh, Taylor Decker, Panay Sewell on the edges as well. Um, you know, I, I think those guys are tremendous run blockers for him. They, they really help mm. a, a big way in a big way. Uh, and Paul Williams, he w- he played originally with the Packers. Not a lot of us thought, you know, anything of him because, you know, obviously he's sitting behind Aaron Jones and you didn't really know what was going to happen with him. And here we are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lions getting a lead back role because let's face it. DeAndre Swift hasn't been the most durable guy in the world, right? Right. He was hurt. Jamal Williams comes out and fills in very admirably. And he's a very full <coughs> running back with a lot of size and a lot of power. He's a very downhill runner. And you, you got to love that, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to believe that, that this game against the Green Bay Packers is going to be really, really significant for him, right? He's going to go up against his former team for the second time this year. And you, you best believe he's going to have his running shoes on. And not only that, let, let's also remember, we were just talking recently the Green Bay Packers give up an average of 5.3 yards per carry. As we, we talk about Jamal Williams moving into this potential playoff implication matchup here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this yep. is an exciting one. Uh, for a lot of folks. Number four, speaking of running backs, goes to Austin Eckler. 10 carries, 122 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. He also had four receptions for 39 yards. He had a 12.2 average. We talk about Austin Eckler. We were just talking about how he needs more carries. 10 carries does not, it, it does not do him justice. Yeah, where have he, where has this young man been our whole life? Yeah, I, I love him. I think uh, um, Brandon Staley doesn't know what the hell he has in Austin Eckler. Um, <coughs> just, we just got done talking about that, so I'm not going to go ad nauseum about it. But Austin Eckler is a special player. If you're going to use him as a change of pace back, for Christ's sake, use him as a change of pace back. Let's find ourselves a real running back, a true mm-hmm. lower your shoulder running back over there in, in with the, the Chargers. I think that would be the most sensible thing out there. You uh, know, do you, th- th- you think Blake Corum tr- drops in, into a, a San Diego's lap or, or uh, the Chargers' lap here? He could when it comes to the Chargers. I The, the thing about uh, Blake Corum is he is kind of the same kind of running back as Austin Eckler where he's a little oh. undersized. And uh, they, they're going to be looking for a, a big daddy type of runner to kind of get, get down to business. I think the goal there for Austin Eckler is to make him a change of pace back. Um, and and I kind of don't like that. I really do think Austin Eckler could be an every down back. I think they're concerned about his size. But to me, you, 
if you're going to make him a change of pace back, <laughs> find yourself a big bruiser and, and let's get down to business, you know. Um, but number three goes to around their division, Devontae Adams, seven receptions, 153 yards, two touchdowns on the day with Jared. <laughs> we just got done talking about Devontae Adams. He was talking last week when Derek Carr got benched. That he was like, oh, I don't know. This is the reason I'm here. I came here because of Derek Carr. It's one of the biggest reasons, da-da-da. And then uh, he, he's talking about how he wants to leave. And then next thing you know, Jared Stidham gets him seven catches for 153 yards and two touchdowns. And after this game, Devontae Adams says, you know, I'm kind of excited to be with the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> talk, well, about, uh, talk about flip-flop. Well, to your well, to his point, if if you get if you got the right game plan, if you got the right offensive line and you got the right routes to run, uh you, you can give the guy you can give the guy a chance to throw it to you and um, have, have yourself a heck of a game. Some, uh, you can have yourself a heck of a game if if you just run the correct routes. Yeah. Yep, I I think um Devontae is one of those guys right now. I, I think he's kind of shown his uh, prima donna-like attitude, uh, and, and that's kind of where you're at. He's he's a hell of a, a receiver, obviously. He's a special player, but golly, man, the ego is out of control. They've got. I don't know if Jared Stidham's the guy. I don't know if the Raiders are going to test the waters with Jared Stidham being the guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, they do have options. They, they have plenty of options. They're number eight in the draft right now. They're six and ten. Um, you know, so, so we could see a quarterback fall to them. You could see, you know, a, a special, uh, a, a quarterback. And I don't know if, if CJ Stroud or young is going to fall to them, especially with Houston picking ahead of them and Arizona and Indianapolis and, you know, uh, Detroit and Atlanta, those teams are picking ahead of them, but you know, a Hendon hooker is a guy that, that Alex has talked about. I could see that happening. That could be a thing. So, you know, everybody should get ready for that. They're, they're going to, if, if they do draft a quarterback, that's going to be their quarterback of the future. If they don't draft a quarterback, get ready for Stidham media is what we'll call <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to have as much of a ring to it, but we'll see. <laughs> We're going to see Jared Stidham come, come rolling in. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, number two goes to Tom Brady, 34 for 30, uh, excuse me, 34 for 45. There we go. 432 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Brady, <laughs> He's the yeah, goat. This is, this is the goat, man. This is, this is what everybody calls the goat. The guy, he, he shows up at playoff time. His team is at a, a 500 record right now. Um, and clinching a playoff spot. Yep. They clinched the and division. winning the division. Yep, they won their division. They clinched a playoff spot. And uh, now we're going to see if Tom Brady just decides, oh, I'm going to be the Tom Brady of old, and I'm going to become that guy that everybody's talked about. Yeah, you think if he, wins, if, if, he, if he wins his eighth Super Bowl, he tells Giselle to suck it. Oh, my God. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure. He, I mean, I, he, probably, he probably still got the short end of the stick on that deal, though, unfortunately. Oh, oh yeah. But but you know, what's funny about this whole thing with Tom Brady being number two is who number one is. It goes to Mike Evans. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, this is this is very surprising, and I'm like, what? Where, yeah. where have I seen this? Why haven't I seen this guy all year? Yeah. Ten receptions, two hundred and seven yards, three touchdowns. He uh, he was just he getting- had he had a huge case of the dropskis this year, like all year long. Everybody did. Yeah. yeah. And then he had <clears throat> bombs landing right in the bucket. All game long, Tom Brady just airing it out to this guy. This is the Mike Evans that we have known to grow and love over the last decade almost. 
I mean, Andrew, you love Mike Evans, right? Yeah, he's a oh he yeah he's a great receiver. Um, he's he's he spent most of he spent all of his his career at uh, Tampa Bay so far. Not sure if he got a contract extension coming up or. He did get one. Yeah, he got a contract extension. I I yeah, he's definitely the future of the Buccaneers offense, no doubt about that. Mm, really? But give, well, he could be, but given the right amount, given the right personnel and the right pl- game plan and the right play call on the right routes, he he could he could be the stud of the NFL. I I mean, I don't know about the NFL, but of the Buccaneers, sure, absolutely. Mike Evans has been a good receiver for a long time. I I knew for, you know, a, a few years back, well, quite a few years ago now. When when he came walking in and it was him and Vincent Jackson and he took that starting job from Vincent Jackson and became the guy and and everybody kind of knew he was going to be the guy and he's been the guy uh, and and him and Chris Godwin make a great combination and we talked about it a little while ago Chris Godwin only had I mean he had you know 120 yards on the day I mean he was nothing to sneeze at you know you know in this game either. But uh, I, I think that's a great one-two punch between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think the two of them really are, are uh, uh, special together. And, and I think that uh, people kind of sleep on that, that combo. And, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Brady, let's face facts, has underperformed this year. He hasn't been you know, the same guy that we've been talking about. So the, uh, the, the man of the hour is going to be Mike Evans uh, sitting at number one. He hasn't been frequent as frequent on this list as we are normally accustomed to seeing him. So uh, it's good to see Mike Evans get back on this list. Um, next up, we've got the forgetful five, mm-hmm. our bottom five performances of the week. And this one stung me a little bit. So that's, Oh boy. Maybe a little spoiler <clears throat> because number five goes to the Minnesota Vikings defense. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, we know how critical you've been of that Ed, that shell defense of Ed Donatel's all season long. Yeah, and, Aaron Rodgers made them look like a bunch of paper paper Mario characters, if you ask me. Yeah, it's been bad. Uh, Minnesota defense, uh, you know, like they're they've given up the most yards out of anybody. Um, they're the thirty first ranked scoring defense. Uh, they they have not played well, and and they're the thirty first ranked scoring defense. And like I kind of talked about earlier, is you know you have these games where they get it's either their one score game and they're playing well, or they get blown out, and and that's why their point differential is sitting at you know negative two right now. But they're in the playoffs, and it's kind of a game to game thing. They're kind of playing craps right now. It's kind of a crapshoot to to figure out which Minnesota Vikings defense is going to show up this week, and. Right. Uh, I'm, I think the Minnesota Vikings defense is going to show up for the next five weeks. They're going to beat Chicago and they're going to win the wild card, win the divisional, win the, win the conference championship and go to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl. That's kind of their hope. They're hoping for five games in a row where they're, they're doing just enough to get them that W. And, and I don't think that that's the, that's reasonably within a, a reach here. I don't think it's, it's definitely not a formula for success, if you ask me. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't. Think I so. totally do not see that happening. Yeah, and that's what the Vikings are hoping for. But they wind up as five on this list—a horrible performance—and they deserve every bit of it uh, when it comes to that matchup against Green Bay. Number four goes to Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh boy! Oh, this. No, this. Well, and I'll tell you what. I let, let, so to lead into this, uh, the past couple of weeks with the, with the Los Angeles Rams, Baker Mayfield has actually been very surprisingly very good. 
you know, uh, he, you know, the Rams blew out um, the, 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 their opponents last week. The Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Again, it's the Denver Broncos. But get it, 50, you drop 51 points on what's supposed to be a stingy defense. That doesn't mean, that doesn't uh, come easy. So, but, you know, we kind of see, you know, Baker does get exposed this week. Um, you know, he, so what, what say you, Scott? I mean, like, like what, what, what's the deal here? 11 for 19 for 132. I, I think, um, I think Sean McVay is kind of in a situation where he doesn't know what the hell to do anymore. Uh, as far as this team goes, I think Sean McVay is a really, really good coach. And <laughs> teams like this, they, they go to the playoffs, they have these deep runs and then they wind up shit in the bed the next year. We saw it with the 2017 Vikings going to 2018 and they missed the playoffs. Um, and, and here we are. I mean, I, I see Baker Mayfield and I'm like, mm, I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he's the next Matt Stafford. I think the mm. Rams need to go into this draft and look for a new quarterback, but they have no draft picks. Yeah, they gave them all to the Detroit Lions. Right. So they the Rams are in kind of a situation where they screwed themselves for probably the next decade. And I think, and, and you and I have been talking about this at length. I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. I believe that Matt Stafford needs Tommy John surgery. I think he's headed that route. <laughs> the streak lives on. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think he's headed that route, and nobody wants to just say it. And I'm going to be the guy that say it, that says it. Because when you are talking about an elbow injury, and you're talking about the fact that you're getting cortisone shots in your elbow, bro, you need Tommy John. And that's where I think he's headed, and I think he's going to be out for a year, and I think he's just trying to prolong it. <laughs> as he can Matt Stafford's gonna need Tommy John surgery it's gonna be no different than Ben Roethlisberger and he's kind of screwed in that situation so I mean realistically at the end of the day I I I, Baker Mayfield isn't going to be the answer but I think they're kind of hoping he's going to be and I think they're nuts for thinking that but that's just my opinion but um number three goes to a guy I'm sort of surprised by with how bad he played Mike White from the Jets going 23 for 46, 243, I'm sorry, 240 yards, two interceptions on the day. Um, Mike White, we were hoping he was going to be the great savior and to keep the Jets season alive, and we really thought that he was going to, and then he finally came back down to earth with the rest of us and shit the bed. Um, well, and it doesn't doesn't help our, doesn't help the situation with the Lions at all. No. Nope. Not one bit. Uh, and, and Mike White, he he – you know, you would think that that the Jets would would have at least given Joe Flacco a shot in some of those games where they were starting Zach Wilson. They kind of put themselves in this situation. Now they're eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, and it's kind of on them. I think Robert Saleh did a great job really kind of starting to turn this Jets team around, but obviously they need some work. Uh, and and obviously they, they should move on from Zach Wilson, in my opinion, but I don't think Mike White's the answer either. I think Joe Flacco might be the answer. But Joe Flacco's kind of getting up in the years. It is what it is at this point. The Jets need to start searching for a quarterback of the future here. And, uh, you know, right now they have the 13th pick in the draft. I don't know who's going to fall to him there. I don't know if they're going to they're going to find their their star quarterback at that point in the draft at number 13. They'll probably they'll probably be all dried up by then. Yeah, I would I would tend to think so, too. So we're going to find out just what the uh, the Jets are looking for. But Mike White winds up as number three. Number two hurts me as well. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Oh, um, my God. Oh, man. What, a, what an abysmal performance that was. Yeah, 18 for 31, 205 yards. He had a touchdown. He had three interceptions on the day. 
ugly. It was ugly. It was just bad. Uh, Kirk did not look good. This is not the kind of guy that I want to see uh, playing that kind of ball moving into the playoffs. I, you know, I'll give Kirk all the credit in the world because he did. He has been the most clutch quarterback this year. I don't give a shit what anybody <clears throat> to say. He's 11-0 and in one-score games. He has more game-winning drives than any other quarterback in the NFL. Um, he has the most game-winning drives in, in, or he's tied for the most game-winning drives in the history of the NFL in a single season. Um, he's been clutch, but this is not one of those games. Uh, 205 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, or one touchdown, three picks. Yeah, no. No. I, just, I And I remember only too well in the past, you wanted him traded. Yep. Yeah, I did. And, and Kirk, like I said, I... I think Kirk's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's not that I think Kirk's a bad quarterback. No, not by, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I think Kirk isn't a great quarterback. Right. Nope. I think, I think he's very good. <clears throat> and, you know, that people often point toward the pro football focus stats when it comes to quarterbacks. And I, I question the, the PFF stats as it pertains to quarterbacks sometimes because when we start talking about those those numbers when it comes to quarterbacks, I think feel like their grading relies a little too much on accuracy as mm-hmm. opposed to what he actually produced. You know, I, I could go, you know, 21 for 22 for 150 yards and my, my PFF grade would be, you know, a 91, but Kirk cousins could go 25 for 34 for 400 yards and his PFF grade will wind up being a 80. It, it just, but because I was more accurate, I was considered more effective. You know, and, and a lot of people question that. And if you look at the pro football focus grades, there's a lot of double talking there as far as like, you know, what they actually, um, uh, what they actually base their grading on. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why Kirk Cousins gets the grades he does. This year, he's actually had a down year statistically. It's been his worst year statistically since he's been a Minnesota Viking, and yet they're still winning football games, which is interesting to me. I do think the Minnesota Vikings need a number two receiver. I do think that they're missing uh, a piece. I think Kirk is sort of forcing the ball to Justin Jefferson in a lot of situations. He sort of, and you guys experience this, right, when Matt Stafford was forcing the ball to Calvin Johnson a lot. And Kirk Cousins is kind of doing the same thing at this current moment. I, I think uh, um, there's a mindset that I'm going to get Justin Jefferson open and that's what I'm going to do. And Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson a lot. And that's what it's going to be. And that's fine to an extent, but when Adam Thielen isn't getting open and KJ Osborne isn't getting open, now we're having a problem. Now we're, we're, we're having an issue where, where Kirk Cousins is a one trick pony throwing to one guy, forcing the ball to one guy and two our credit, TJ Hawkinson has been getting open. He's been a wonderful addition to this team, but you know, <coughs> Cousins has not played uh, uh, statistically as well as he has in previous years. And um, Kirk Cousins, at this point in time, you know, in this specific game against Green Bay, sort of surprising. He got banged up and beat up and thrown around, and this is not a good stat line for him. It's not a good look. Um, but he winds up as number two. But number one, <laughs> number one. Uh oh. Alex, you and I talked about this ad nauseum last week, mm-hmm. and, and I want to mention it. Number one goes to Carson Wentz. Uh, <sighs> yeah, 16 yeah. to 28, 143 yards, three interceptions on the day. 
And a playoff spot in the garbage. And lose their opportunity at the playoffs because Ron Rivera would decided to play Russian roulette with their playoffs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, j- just to bring you in the loop pa- uh, package, uh, you know, we- we've been noticing this other guy, uh, you know, climbing the ranks, so to speak, with the, with the with Washington Commanders, Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Taylor Heineke is kind of like a player like like a Jared Goff. Like, like you know how the Lions play for uh Dan Campbell. The the Washington Commanders play for Taylor Heineke. We've noticed that they've played harder, worked harder, you know, to win football games with Taylor Heineke, Heineke under the helm, but somehow old Ron Rivera, you know, grew horse blinders and thought, "Ah, oh, you know, because uh, you know, I have said that statistically Carson Wentz is the better quarterback, but uh you know, from a logistics standpoint and from a, a passion standpoint, you know, Taylor Heineke was obviously the choice and yeah. obviously he wasn't. Taylor Heineke should have been the choice. I, I look at, at Heineke and um, I, it, it's amazing to me how the commanders <coughs> say eh, we're good on Taylor Heineke. It, it just, it blows my mind. Honestly, I, I, that's the guy that your team played for. That's the guy that your team cared about. And and so they started off the season two and four with with Carson Wentz. They they jumped in and and th- mind you, Heineke came in in this Chicago game back on uh, in week six, and that's when Heineke came in. I just want to point out. So they start two and four. And then, or actually, I'm sorry, it's week, yeah, week six, he comes in. They get the W there. But Heineke wound up on the field because Carson Wentz got hurt. And after that point, here's what it was. Win, win, loss. Win, 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 tie. And then they suffered two losses under Taylor Heineke. And then they put Carson Wentz in, and Wentz lost them the playoff spot. It's just... It It was bad. Two losses that Taylor Heineke took on, one was against a New York Giants team who's in the playoffs, and one's against the number two seed, the San Francisco 49ers, the number two seed in the NFC. It just doesn't make sense. Mm -mm. Put Taylor Heineke in. He didn't play ball, right? I mean, am I missing something here? Nope. I don't think you're missing anything. Package, what do you think? Uh, Nope. You're, You're on the spot. I, I just it, it blows my mind. I don't understand what the hell they were doing. Ron Rivera deserves to be fired for that decision. Um, at the end of the day, uh, Carson Wentz winds up as number one on our forgetful five. <clears throat> Moving into our rookie rankings now, uh, we're, we got the outside looking in. We we talk about it every week. The outside looking in the top ten here. Number six goes to Jabron, uh, Jaquan Brisker. He's uh, the safety out of Chicago. Number five, Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Kansas City. Number four is Tariq Wollin, a guy who is on the top ten for a while. Same, uh, in, in his other but his other cohort fell off. But uh, Tariq Cohen, the the I'm sorry, Tariq Wollin rather, the corner out of Seattle. Uh, Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of the Green Bay Packers, is number three. Number two goes to Taylor Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Baltimore, and number one goes to Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle out of Chicago. Um, moving into the actual. <laughs> Top ten rookie rankings, though number ten goes to, and, and he's a guy we we like a lot, but he hasn't played since week fourteen. Damian Pierce, yeah, uh, 
78.9 PFF grade. He's got an 84.8 rushing grade. He hasn't played since week 14 due to a high ankle sprain. He could fall out of the top 10 if he doesn't see the field in week 18, right? I think I agree with that. You know, it's it's a point where uh, you know, the, the discussion was he was the second coming of Arian Foster. Yep. Uh, you know, a, a bright spot for this Texans offense. And, you know, and it still could be going forward. But, you know, like you said, you know, what what's what are the two rules uh, availability and reliability? And um, he has shown that he hasn't been available. Therefore, he hasn't been very reliable. Yeah, I call those the Jim Ross rules. Yep. You got to be available and you got to be reliable. Um, number nine, though, goes to a guy that's <laughs> available and very reliable since week three. Kayvon Thibodeau. There you uh, go. PFF grade. He has a 70.1 rush defense grade. He's got a 66.4 tackling grade and a 67.9 pass rush grade. He had a phenomenal game versus the Indianapolis Colts. Run defense and pass rush grades have been outstanding for the last, not one, not two, but three weeks. He has been on fire, had a sack last week um, against Nick Foles and then proceeded, I mean, People were upset about it. I understand it. He did uh, sort of snow angels, even though there wasn't any snow uh, next to Nick Foles. <laughs> uh, let him have some fun. I mean, here's a guy who was previously uh, uh, a prima donna uh, coming into, like, you know, the scout combine <coughs> and um, losing his passion and um, losing a value of um, being a good player. And here he is right now. Uh, here he is right now uh, as of week 17. An absolute monster for the New York Giants. He could he could very well be a difference maker if he turns it up a notch. Uh, and he he and he was slated to be number one pick. We were talking about it out of Oregon, you know. And then who ended up uh, sne- sneaking in that spot? Trayvon Walker. So it, it but you know we haven't heard Trayvon Walker a lot on this list. So you know not a bad deal for uh, falling seven spots out of the number one slot to find yourself with the New York football giants and having yourself a, a career like this. Yeah, I agree. I think Kayvon Thibodeau has been a, an outstanding player. He's been sort of a revelation for them uh, since week three. He, he took a minute to find his footing to kind of figure out what he was doing. But, but ever since then, he's been great for them, especially in run defense. He's been something special. So Kayvon Thibodeau winds up as uh, number nine on this list. Number eight goes to a guy that's been climbing this list. We talked to him about him a little bit. Michael Clemens, the defensive end out of the New York Jets, 77.3 PFF grade, an 84.5 run defense grade, 81.2 tackling grade. He had a rough time versus Seattle, especially when it comes to stopping the run. Kenneth Walker kind of gashed him and, uh, you know, and damaged that grade a little bit by over two points in this matchup, but I still think Michael Clemens is one of the best quiet picks out of this draft. <laughs> the Giants, or, or I'm sorry, the Jets, rather, it's kind of get a steal. They have quite a few players that wound up on this list that wound up being special for them on both offense and defense. Michael Clemens is one of them. I think we can just argue right now that the Jets had the best draft out of anybody at this point. I would I would be inclined to agree. You know, um, I think the Lions did really, really well in their draft. Uh, you know, you know, but the thing, but the one thing the Jets have over the Lions is what, um, Sauce Gardner, right? And and by and by by Sauce Gardner, what does that add to the team? Availability, secondary, liability. Yeah, <laughs> and and, de- and defense. Defense. That's the main difference between the Lions and the Jets. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, the Lions built their offense, but you know, the Jets really have a solid defense that they can really hang their hat on uh, in seasons going forward. Oh, for sure. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the Lions defense. 
they do have a, a rookie bright spot on there, and he winds up as number seven on the list. That goes to Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, the defensive end out of Detroit, <laughs> 9.6 PFF grade. It has climbed exponentially over the last couple of weeks. 84.1, get this, he's a defensive end, 84.1 coverage grade. He has what? Wow. exceptions on the season three. Uh, 67.6 run defense, 69 pass rush grade. He came away with his third interception of the year in this last game. He has a very high coverage grade that's keeping his overall grade high in spite of the fact that he doesn't dip into coverage hardly at all. Um, he had a sack versus a very weak Chicago offensive line. Look, I, I and it's the reason that he's not higher on the list is because I understand that that grade is a little skewed. I understand that that 79.6 is sort of a cumulative <coughs> score. And and part of that has to do with that 84.1 coverage grade. How often are you going to see a defensive end in coverage? Well, you know, here, not too often. Here, here's the crazy thing. Here's a, here's something you're not going to believe that they say there's only one player in the NFL this season with three plus sacks and three plus takeaways. Not the only rookie, the only player this yep. season to have done that much work on the defense. Is a Hudson. Yep. Hutch. Yeah, yep. old Hutch. Yeah, special. He's, he's, nobody yeah. else nobody else has done it yet. Yeah, he's a special player. I don't know if he's athletically as gifted as some of the other players out there, but to see the heart and soul that, that he puts in, I think he fits really a lot of what Dan Campbell has been putting out there this year. That team is heart and soul. And, <laughs> and oh, yeah. as much as I am not a Lions fan and I'm not a big fan of the Detroit Lions, I love Dan Campbell. I love his his style, and I think Aiden Hutchinson just kind of fits that. I mean, it's like a glove, man. This guy mm -hmm. is exactly what the Lions want and exactly what they need, and that's what they're looking for is a guy like Aiden Hutchinson that's going to go balls to the wall for them every single time. So Hutch winds up as number seven on the list. Number six is a guy that, Alex, you've been critical of in the past, uh, but you know what? He's turned it on these last couple of weeks. Kenny Walker, the yep. running back out of Seattle. Uh, 78.5 PFF grade, 85.2 rushing grade. He rushed for 133 yards versus a strong Jets defense. Um, you know, and you know, he had to work his ass off to get those yards in those 23 attempts that he had. This is where I was going to say, where I was talking about earlier about this blowing your mind. He had 109 yards after contact. Yeah, this, this that's guy, not that's nasty. This dude's a beast. Yeah, yeah. 109 yards after contact. So after. <clears throat> hit he still plowed forward for over 109 yards on the day uh he's a special player the seattle offensive line hasn't been anything special and they haven't been doing him any favors but here we are kenneth walker uh he's a good player i i've liked him i liked him when he got drafted i said he was going to be the best running back out of this draft he has proven to be the best running back out of this draft so far has he not well i mean <clears throat> there's not too many people um, not too many running backs uh, on on the top ten throughout the weeks. You know, I think mostly they've been filled with defensive players. And Kenneth Walker, you know, to his credit, has been uh, heads and shoulders above those who have ranked below him. Uh, you know, we thought Damian Pierce was gonna th was gonna tussle with the guy. Look where he went. Um, you know, and yes, you know, you were. I know you were critical of uh, Kenneth Walker too. I know you were really looking for him to, you know, uh, you know, spit shine those shoes and really get running. And finally, he's doing that. So, you know, I, I think you're going to have a hard time getting an argument out of me uh, that Kenneth Walker is not uh, the best running back out of this draft class. So far, he has yeah, proven that. Stat-wise, 
Andrew, I know you got to be be soaking your jockeys a little bit to see this guy going for what uh, 936 yards and nine touchdowns so far on the year. Uh, he's got one game left. Do you think he breaks a thousand? I would have I would have to imagine he would be able to break a thousand if he's if, if he's got the right game plan and if he's got the right guys to to uh, come to create those gap holes and <coughs> get create those blocks. He would, he would, he would, he would, he probably, I don't know if he'd be that close. If he doesn't do it, he would be probably close by a yard or two. Oh, really? A yard or two? A yard, close by a yard or two if he doesn't reach that thousand yard threshold. But I would have to imagine he would reach a thousand yards, considering the fact that this coming Sunday he would, he would be facing a, a rather dismal Rams run defense. Yeah, 64 yards to hit that thousand yard mark. I'm totally here for it. And mind you, this is a guy that didn't really come you know, firing out until about what well, I think it was week six. So uh, I'm hoping for, for Kenny Walker's sake, he winds up, uh, wind up hitting that thousand yard mark. That would be something special. That'd be a great season for him. Uh, number five goes to Drake London, uh, the wide receiver out of Atlanta. He has an 81 PFF grade, 83.3 grade. He had five receptions for 45 yards. Um, he's struggling to get in the end zone for the, the Falcons. A lot of that we've talked about. It has to do with Arthur Smith. Uh, his grades went up, but the production wasn't completely there. So, you know, we're going to have to see if he can be better in week 18. Otherwise, you know, if let's say Kenny Walker has another big performance, we could be talking about Kenneth Walker being a number five, maybe even number four. I mean, this could get pretty wild. So uh, Drake London at number five. Uh, Alex, what do you think about Drake London? I know you love this guy. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm definitely a fan of the kid. You know, I've seen I've seen his progress, uh, you know, throughout uh, the season. You know, I picked him up in fantasy, and he's in the, he's scored me a couple points here and there. Um, <clears throat> and as we were talking about, you know, we're talking about how Arthur Smith is uh, not, you know, the, the best coach down there. You know, and he's got to he's got to be playing hot potato in the hot seat. Um, but as far as uh, you know, Desmond Ritter goes. I mean, Desmond Ritter really has kind of helped turn things up for Drake London. You know, because Marcus Mariota, the, the former starting quarterback, really wasn't looking in uh, Drake London's direction. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a game plan or just a, a wide receiver preference, um, obviously, you know, some, something has spiked a, sur- you know, spiked a surge, if you will, uh, with, with uh, Drake London. Yeah, since he came in, uh, since he <coughs> came into the fold, Drake London's numbers have been 95 yards, 70 yards, 96 yards, and 47. So, I mean, it's it's something to behold. Like I keep saying, though, Drake London only has four touchdowns on the season. I would love to see him get in the end zone more. I would love to see him uh, really be utilized in the red zone more. I'm, I'm waiting for that moment. We thought, we, we thought he was going to be a red zone wide receiver. Yeah, and, and he's really turned out to just be sort of a <clears throat> down the field type of receiver. He's got 746 yards on the year. You know, a lot of it has to do with bad quarterback play. That's that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, their quarterbacks have not been good in Atlanta. We're talking about Marcus Mariota. We're talking about, you know, uh, um, you know Desmond Ritter now. And I don't know if, it, like you said earlier, you don't think Desmond Ritter's the guy. I don't think he is either. But Drake London, I mean, I think he's a good receiver. I think he'd be benefit. He would benefit. Like if Matt Ryan was still in in Atlanta. I yeah, think we'll he, a different conversation, right? Andrew? Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you say, Andrew? Like, do you think do you think Drake London uh, stands a better chance of learning under a Matt Ryan? Uh, absolutely. He would <clears throat> he would be a much better wide receiver under Matt Ryan. Um, absolutely, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, number four 
goes to another receiver, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver for the New York Jets. 79.4 PFF grade. He had an 82.8 receiving grade. He struggled for the second week in a row, though, going against Seattle. A lot of that, though, was due to bad quarterback play. I mean, he only had three receptions for 18 yards. I mean, they they yep. didn't have themselves a, a very uh, entertaining game under old Mike White there. And and let's face facts. The Seattle defense, uh, especially in their secondary, has been special. <coughs> Wolin has been a very good corner for them. Uh Garrett Wilson, I mean, do you what do you make of this kid? Yep, he's definitely a very dynamic wide receiver. You know, throughout the whole season, he's trailed behind yet another Ohio State uh, wide receiver in uh, Chris Olave. Um, and we talked about how, you know, whenever Zach Wilson was starting quarterback, you know, he had a better rapport with Garrett Wilson. Uh, so Joe Flacco, rather, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Joe Flacco, ironically enough, is starting the last game of the Jets season this year. So it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where uh, Garrett Wilson's stats stand after that game. Yeah, Garrett Wilson has already broken 1,000 yards on the year. He has 1,014, and he has four touchdowns. So, I mean, he, he's got himself a, a pretty good rapport with, with certain quarterbacks, but I don't think Zach Wilson realizes what he has in Garrett Wilson. <laughs> and in those games that Zach Wilson has started, Garrett Wilson has struggled heavily. Uh, you know, I, I want to see what exactly Mike White is going to accomplish. But Garrett Wilson, you know, he's underutilized as far as I'm concerned, and, and they need to find a quarterback that can really sling the ball around for him a little bit more. Uh, Andrew, Garrett Wilson, what do you make of him? <clears throat> yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, he, he had – Garrett had such a uh, career at Ohio State, and um, as, mu- as much as I – as much as one would wish that – that one would wish that he would have a, a, a really Hall of Fame start uh, to the season. Um, he's still got a long way to go to, uh, before he be, before he's a top-tier wide receiver. Yeah, I, I want to see if he can be make himself, I guess, quarterback <coughs> in a way. Mm-hmm, uh, right. That, that's something that, that a lot of receivers are able to do, and that's one reason why Chris Olave has kind of been above him. He's number three, by the way. Chris Olave is. Uh, the wide receiver out of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he has an 83.9 PFF grade, 84.7 receiving grade. Um, he had a tough time against a really good Philadelphia team. Uh, oh, yeah. If it was if it was any other team, I'm sure Chris Olave would these these guys would be swapping sides. But taking on Philadelphia, he only had four receptions for 42 yards. He struggles to get in the end zone this season. He only has three touchdowns. His main problem has also been questionable quarterback play. Andy Dalton is just not a good quarterback. Let's just that back. The Saints right now, I mean, they they need a new quarterback. And guess what? They're picking at their, well, their pick was at number ten, but it goes to the Philadelphia Eagles because they did trade with the Eagles. So I mean, it's going to be a rough go for the old Saints. Who knows if they're going to go after Derek Carr or what? But yeah. This is this is getting ugly. Chris Olave is going is like in hell right now, right? Yeah, it's bad news bears, uh, for sure for the Saints. Uh, Chris Olave, you know, you know, <clears throat> obviously you want you got to get a better quarterback. I mean, Jameis Winston isn't the guy either. Uh, let's be honest about it. That you know, Jameis Winston is a guy who threw thirty touchdowns and thirty picks in one season, so he he broke even. Um, <laughs> With Andy Dalton, you know, like you, know, he he. It's a long, it's a long way from his uh, Cincinnati Bengals days. He's obviously a statue in the pocket, you know, and susceptible to strong quarterback hits. So, 
you know, you can only you're only you're only as good as your quarterback and your coach allows you to be. I agree, absolutely, hundred um, uh, percent. And uh, like I said about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, long way to go before he uh, find before he finds himself in a position of being a uh, top tier receiver. Yeah, he's he's going to need some better quarterback play at his disposal. He hasn't made himself quarterback proof in a way, and and he's going to take a little bit of seasoning. Both these guys were great receivers at Ohio State. I really believe that they're going to be special receivers in this league, but they got to get better quarterback play behind them. And, you know, for the Saints' sake, they better find this guy a quarterback. And same with the Jets, because otherwise those guys are going to go find greener pastures. They're going to get pissed, and they're going to leave. Uh, Olaf right now has 982 yards <coughs> of touchdowns. So the question becomes, does he break 1,000 this week? I'm going to say no. And the reason is, uh, you know, how many how many yards do you say he has? Nine eighty two. So he's eighteen away from a thousand. Hmm. Well, if it's eighteen, if he's well, one eighteen yard bomb will do it. But yep. with that statuesque play, I mean, get it now. And you know, the, there was four catches for forty two yards. So, all right. Well, I guess maybe you might have to turn around and say it is possible. But uh, then again, all things are possible through Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I agree 100%. I, I I definitely believe he goes he breaks 1000 not only that I think he breaks 100 for next week's game. And oh yeah, like he gets 100 he, he's going to get 100 yards for next week's game. That's probably a good call. This upcoming game they have the Panthers. Last time he took on the Panthers, he had nine receptions for 147. So Ooh. he's he's going to have himself I think a very big game, but we'll see. We might see him climb up that list a little bit. We'll find out, though. Uh, number two goes to a guy that's been declining. He's got about one more game before he starts really plummeting down this list. Number two goes to Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 5.9 PFF grade, 79.1 run defense grade, 80.2 pass rush grade, 71.5 coverage grade. Yeah, yeah and uh, according to the uh, the NFL draft, he may have been like one of the top safety picks um, needs. Um, in draft, <laughs> yeah, and, and one we know point, that all too well. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, no, uh, really. Uh, beginning at the like early on in the season, really before his injury, because he did suffer <laughs> about you know five weeks ago. Now, he was the best safety in football, and mm-hmm. and uh, he had one of his worst games of his season this past week against a very iffy Pittsburgh team. The offense isn't playing complimentary football though, and it's been putting the defense out there way too often. Yep. is giving the opponents way more opportunities. Hamilton's been utilized more as like a blitzing safety as of late. Um, he could slip out of this spot next week, though, if he doesn't turn it around. His grades have been falling steadily. Um, and and I know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, why is he still up there at number two? Well, there's a lot of things going on there that are at play, and, and I can't in good conscience just say, oh, I'm going to leave him at two, or I'm going to dump him out of two and drop him down to eight or seven or whatever. Until, you know, I know for sure that these other things at play aren't kind of toying with his grades. Right now, he's at number two. I think he's playing really good ball. I think he's one of the better safeties in football still. I think the Baltimore Ravens are kind of utilizing him in the wrong fashion. <coughs> big, uh, a much bigger receiver. or I'm sorry, big, much bigger safety, rather, than we, we're accustomed to seeing here. Uh, Andrew, when it comes to Kyle Hamilton and the size he has. Does this guy not remind you of like a Troy Polamalu at this point? I th- I think he does, although I have not seen the guy play um, all season. But uh, I will tell you, um, given the uh, you know the stats here and uh, 
Yeah, we'll take a quick look at the uh, at little Kyle Hamilton. But yeah, he he may very well look like uh, what looks to be a um, well a young, it, young guy, so Troy Palmo. Well, he's a good six four. He's two hundred and twenty pounds. You know, so he's a big dude. You know, he's not extra. He's not like a you know some of these triple double cheeseburger, triple cheeseburger eating guys. Yeah. But those guys are on the offensive and defensive lines. Uh, but he's twenty one years old. He's got a lot of upside. You know, obviously he's a rookie. Um, but you know, I I think it's only comes, you know, it it only comes with experience and, you know, whether it's continuing with the Baltimore Ravens or does he go to a different team, you know, time will tell to see how, uh, chiseled this young man's, uh, repertoire will become. Yeah. I think he's going to be a really special (laughs) league. I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him. A lot of people had, you know, they said, Oh, he slid in the draft. He must not be that good. No, 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 no. This is a good safety, and there were teams that didn't need a safety. I mean, really, at the end of the day, and and I think that that he wound up being um, sort of overlooked, and he wound up going to Baltimore in, in a in a trade, and <clears throat> they got away with one. It really, no, it wasn't a trade. Uh, the Vikings traded out of their spot and moved down to the Lions, which I hated. They wound yeah, it was up, it was so dumb. They wound up, it was so dumb, and the, you know, good old Louis Cine. <laughs> what a nightmare. But the uh, Kyle Hamilton's number two, but number one, <coughs> Alex. This, yep. this is a guy we've been talking about all year. Mm-hmm. We've been consistently up here all year long. Let's talk about him. The sauce boss, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the corner out of the New York Jets. 89 yep. PFF grade, 68.1 run defense, 62.1 pass rush, a 90.4 coverage grade. He gave up only three receptions on eight targets for 70 or for 17 yards. This last week, he struggled in run defense, but his primary function, which is coverage, he's yep. been the best in the league. He grades yep. up as one of the best shutdown corners in the NFL. He is the man at this point, right? <clears throat> We're talking the second coming of Reeves Island at this point. Yep. I said it like early on in this show. <clears throat> We've said it. You said it multiple times throughout the, the season, and it, it stands to reason. You know, Sauce really has the skills <clears throat> needed to be a, a number one corner in this league. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, one of the best rookie corners is one thing, but the, the best corner period in the NFL, and he's a rookie. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <clears throat> and like, and like, uh, he's you, got that beat up sponsorship going for him, too. It's nuts. Yeah. Yes. And it's like you said before, and it's like I tried to say earlier <clears throat> availability, reliability, defense. That was the key. Yeah, he's been he's been shut down. He's been shutting down some of the best uh, receivers in all of football this year, uh, and and been really something special. I like Sauce Gardner a lot. Uh, he's been utilized correctly in the Jets scheme, and and I, you know, forget Derek Stingley because I remember everybody was talking about Derek Stingley this year's draft. No, no, no. Well, let's talk about Sauce Gardner. Yeah, he's not even. Yeah, he's not even on the list. I don't see Stingley on this list anywhere. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Derek Stingley on the on the top ten rookie lists at all. No, he has. I, I don't even know who the guy is. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Stingley was. He went number three overall, which is interesting. But <clears throat> Stingley hasn't been anything worth talking about. Um, he he really hasn't. I, I I haven't been been a fan of Derek Stingley at all. I didn't think he was going to be the best corner that that we saw this year. And Here's what we got out of Derek Stingley, who went number three overall to the Texans. Just to just so we're clear here, because everybody's talking about how he's better than Sauce Gardner. 
Derek Stingley has a 49.1 overall PFF grade. Oof. Oof. 3.4 run defense, 9.9 coverage grade. So let's just put that one to bed. Sauce Gardner is the better corner, and uh, Derek Stingley is nothing compared to him. But I, that's what it is. Um, now, speaking of the Jets, moving into our news around the league, <clears throat> we got a few things. Uh, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson <clears throat> is expected to be in the team's plans heading into year three. Mm-mm. But now he's ruled out, as is Mike White. Mike White's been ruled out for Sunday versus the Dolphins due to a rib injury. Obviously, Joe Flacco is getting the start this week. This is what we've been asking for. This is what they should have done last week. And additionally, the unfortunate news for Joe Flacco is that his offensive tackles, Dwayne Brown and George Fant. Brown has a shoulder injury. Fant has a knee injury. Both those guys ruled out versus the Dolphins this upcoming. Brutal situation for Joe Flacco. I want to see how he does just so I can say I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Just to say, oh, he he lost his two offensive tackles and he still put up uh, 240 yards and uh, and mistake-free football. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just waiting for it at this point. I want to see what Joe Flacco does this week. But uh, both those guys, um, you know, both those other quarterbacks being out, Joe Flacco stepping in, he should have been QB1 as far as I'm concerned. I thought they had a, a great QB in him, and they, they've kind of screwed this whole season up. They really screwed the pooch. And uh, the Jets are out of the playoffs because of it. I mean, it, that's kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, t- talk about a raw deal. Yeah, just ugly, um, and they're they're taking on the uh, the Dolphins, but they kind of have their they they kind of got luck on their side a little bit. The Dolphins are having some issues of their own. First and foremost, the Dolphins are preparing to start quarterback Skylar Thompson on Sunday versus the Jets with Tua Tungavailoa still out with concussion protocol and Teddy Bridgewater having an injured finger in the loss versus the Patriots. <coughs> the Dolphins are are they cooked? Are we talking about them missing the playoffs? Well, the well, the grills well, the grills lit. I'll tell you that much right now. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, it is not looking good for the Fins, uh, especially since they had that hot, hot start to start the season, and they beat the Buffalo Bills, albeit you know it was because one of the stupidest um, you know lineups in the history of football, you know, causing uh, Buffalo's offensive coordinator to go ape shit in the booth, but. Um, but this is a different team, and this is a different uh, situation. So their playoff hopes are literally hanging in the balance here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'd be surprised if they. <coughs> eat, I, I'd be surprised if they eke out a win against uh, the Jets, considering their their situation right now. Like uh, close, but close, like two points that much. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tight one. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I think Joe Flacco is about to play playoff spoiler here, uh, and I'm totally here for it. To be honest with you, I, I, I'm totally freaking here for it. I think if anybody deserves it, it's that Dolphins organization that has been complete a complete shit show for the last several weeks here. Um, <clears throat> so a team that that has been sort of a shit show the last couple of weeks that is looking at their playoff hopes dwindling away is the Tennessee Titans. They're going to start the quarterback Josh Dobbs this week versus the Jaguars on Saturday in the season finale with the division on the line. Oh, boy. Better get, better get the better get the couch warmed up. Uh, let me tell you about Trevor Lawrence. Okay, the guy's the number one overall pick for the J- Jaguars. Like what last year yeah. under under shithead Urban Meyer? Part of my language. Yeah, um, it's okay, dude. Yeah, 
Now, now here's a guy who has really come back, has really taken this team uh, up, up, up to the ceiling under Doug Peterson and uh, his new his new guys. And uh, he's been throwing, he's been he's been playing really really well. He's been using his legs pretty well, um, and and now he's fight and now he is fighting for possibly winning the the, the AFC South for the Jaguars. Man, can you actually can you imagine? Uh, I can't even imagine them making the making the AFC Championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. I remember that, the last time the Jaguars made the AFC Championship game. That's a pretty bold prediction there, Cotton. But you're absolutely right. And when it when it relates to the Tennessee Titans and starting, uh, what was that guy's name again? Matt Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Well, uh, here's the question that I want to ask: uh, Is Derrick Henry uh, not? Is he on the board? Is he going to be on the field? That's the question of the day. Um, Derrick Henry right now, um, I know last week he wasn't on the field. Um, as it currently stands, I, I, and I, you know, he can set an NFL record in week 18. He's rested and prepared to get that W, he says. Oh, well, in that case, it's going to be a banger. So we're going we're gonna to be uh, pretty excited about this one. But on the other side, the Jags <laughs> troubles of their own quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He is listed as questionable. For the season versus the Titans with a toe injury. The division is on the line. Also, edge rusher Trayvon Walker listed as questionable for the season finale versus the Yikes. Titans. Well, that doesn't mean he can't play, but we'll yep. see. But also, offensive guard Brandon Scherf is listed as questionable for the season finale versus the Titans with an abdomen and ankle injury. So the Jags have some significant injuries going into this game. I want to see if any of those guys do play. They are listed as questionable. If they do play, I think the Jags win this division. If they don't, mm, yeah, I think especially if, if King Henry, the bulldozer, is ready to go, going to be yeah, a chuck a choo choo, baby. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. Uh, there are other teams that have uh, certain playoff aspirations hanging in the balance, particularly the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is quote unquote trending in the right direction to play in the season finale versus the Giants. <laughs> After suffering a shoulder injury a few weeks ago, um, <clears throat> do you? What do you think in this situation? Do you start Jalen Hurts and hope you get the one seed, or do you leave Jalen Hurts on the bench, hope that that Gardner Minshew gets it done against the Giants, and just say, hey, whatever happens, happens. Just rest your quarterback another week. Uh, good idea to rest Jalen Hurts. You want you want him in full. You 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 want Jalen Hurts uh, full 100% guns blazing ready to go in the uh, while in the, after the first round bye. You do want you do want him full resting. Give Gardner Minshew an opportunity to rise from the ashes or or not even rise from the ashes, but uh, come he, out on his own and and put <clears throat> some throw some bombs and uh, <laughs> here's and the, use his legs. Here's the deal though, package. Uh, if the Eagles don't make the, if they don't win the number one seed, they will crash to the five seed. Ooh, now, now you're thinking about, think about this. If this was like a one seed to two seed to three seed decision, it's a no brainer. Oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to keep a high seed. Even if we bench our quarterback, let's do it. This is one seed versus five seed. What do you do indeed? And my answer is, well, if Jalen Hurts is ready to go, strap in and let's get it done. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is ready to go, I, w- I agree with you. I think I think start him. But, you know, one thing I will say is, okay, you wind up as – let's say you do wind up as the five seed and you're the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's say you do start Gardner Minshew and you end up in the five spot. How comfortable do you feel? Because at the five seed, you get <coughs> Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. As the five seed, how comfortable do you feel at that point, knowing what that Tom Brady has sucked all year, but also seeing what you saw last week? I mean, how comfortable are you? You know, if, I, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, if I'm Jalen Hurts, and if I'm that team, I would, if, if we ended up beating five seed and we, and we are squaring off against the GOAT in, in, the pit, in pissed off mode, I am staring down the barrel of a double I am st- I'm staring down two barrels of a Mossberg shotgun <laughs> and I'm sweating my nuts off. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually agree with that, you know, because, uh, yeah, J- Jalen Hurst facing off against the GOAT and the number four seed. They could probably win. I mean, you know, they, they definitely have talent, but I got to tell you, <laughs> dude, that is a dangerous, dangerous spot to be in. Yeah. You bet. I agree. I think, you know, taking the bye and hoping that Tom Brady has to go through the gauntlet to get to you, that's kind of what you're hoping for, Um, especially right now, seeing how hot Tom Brady's been. It's interesting. And then on the other side, the team they're taking on, the Giants, they don't have defensive end Leonard Williams. He's not expected to play versus the Eagles due to a neck injury. And outside linebacker Aziz Ajulari is not expected to play versus the Eagles due to an ankle injury. You know, Two heavy defensive losses. Um, if you do have Jalen Hurts on the field, I think it's a no-brainer. The Eagles are going to walk out with a W. But with those two players missing, Gardner Minshew may be able to pick up the W here, right? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, the, uh, the, uh, uh, it's certainly possible. You know, if you don't have like a, you know, higher player, higher tier def- defensive players on the Giants. <clears throat> and we said on this show before that you know the the the, the New York Football Giants have been fool's gold. You know, on both sides of the ball. Uh, what say you, Package? Uh, what you said, you know, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you here. I think the Giants have sort of been fool's gold here. And um, speaking of them being fool's gold, we talked about talked about it a little bit earlier. The Giants have expressed that they're now hopeful to retain quarterback Daniel Jones and running back Saquon Barkley for 2023 and beyond. Alex, you don't think this is – smart andrew do you think this is a smart one uh daniel jones not smart uh saquon barkley pretty smart to me yeah definitely not both of them together here's the deal i mean they are going to cost an awful lot of money and they're going to take a a gigantic hit to their cap salary cap you know you need salary cap room to sign free agents to draft your rookies you know (laughs) if you give those two big money contracts you know and it it depends on how high the amount is you know getting those two together i mean yeah you might win a couple football games but you know you're going to be selling the farm yeah what i think what they should do in my honest opinion i would i would let daniel jones walk and i would go and get um i would have saquon i would still sign him to the big money deal because i do believe saquon is a special player but the guy (laughs) after and I think the Giants should have on their radar should be James Robinson I I think they could get James Robinson sort of on a dime I think he's a good player that is worth like deep down 
I really do think a guy like James Robinson is worth about 14 to 13 million dollars a year, right? But but when we're talking about what he's actually going to get because of his lack of utilization and his lack of uh, um uh, uh I guess field recent, presence. Yeah, recent history, I guess you could say. James Robinson is probably only going to get about maybe eight. And yeah. and and if he gets eight, then that's nothing compared to what, what's going on. And especially with the increase in the salary cap, I think we're talking about, you know, James Robinson backing up Saquon Barkley. Uh, that could be something, especially if Saquon's an injury-prone type of player. If, and I think James Robinson could be a starter anywhere he goes. But mm-hmm. – Having a guy like that backing up one of the best running backs in the game, I don't think James Robinson is going to mind that so much because he knows how good Saquon is and just what kind of running back he is. So, But then they're going to have to go into that draft, and they're going to have to find themselves their running back in the future. And, you know, I don't – or their, their quarterback, rather, of the future. And I don't know that they have the draft capital to do that. They're set to draft 23rd currently. As mm-hmm. And that all depends on <coughs> – happens with the playoffs and you know where they get knocked out if they do get knocked out so a lot of questions there but the the Giants uh hopeful for their future another team focused on the future the Commanders they're set to start their quarterback Sam Howell this Sunday versus the Cowboys after Wentz's disaster um yep Sam Howell set to get the start uh head coach Ron Rivera says that he doesn't regret starting Wentz over Heineke in the loss to the Browns dumbass I think they're kind of in a mode where they want to see what they have. Um, you know, and I don't blame them. Sam Howell was a good quarterback in North Carolina. I was mm-hmm. really big on him. And honestly, <coughs> if he actually goes to the draft, we may not even be talking about Joe Burrow as the number one pick. Sam Howell was the guy that was supposed to be the number one pick going into that draft that year. And, really? and he stuck around in North Carolina and all of his buddies, who were really, really great players, if you look at that draft, all got drafted and went into the draft. So Sam Howell is the type of player that I'm excited to see. He played really well in North Carolina in spite of his buddies not being there. He had a lot of rushing yards over there. I want to see what he's capable of. Let's see what the kid can do, right? Okay, sure. Why not? I mean, you're not going to the playoffs. Your team, your your team's owner is being investigated for being a piece of shit, and yep. your coach is about as 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 uh, you know intelligent as a stick. So let's go. You know, let's see what you can do. Let's see what he's got, Andrew. What do you think of Sam Howell? Do you think that he <laughs> play for the Washington Commanders at this point? Um, yeah i i want to I want to see what he's made of, but I, at this point in time. He's up against a very tough Cowboys defense, and uh, that's pretty much the reason for their success all all season long. And Quite possibly one of the best defenses in the league. And their path to possibly clinching a number one spot, but they're going to need a lot yeah. of help. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one. I think Sam Howell, I mean, if there's any time to try and see what the kids got, I mean, this is it. Uh, you're already eliminated from the playoffs. Eh, to hell with it. Let's see what the kids got. So, uh, hey, good on them, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, let's let's see what he's got happening, what's going on around there. Um, you know, speaking of of players uh, or of quarterbacks getting starts, Lamar Jackson, he's not going to be starting this week. Tyler Huntley gets the start again. Um, again. Dumb situation. Uh, you know, the Ravens have already clinched a playoff position, which whatever. Uh, offensive coordinator Greg Roman says that people should start should expect Lamar Jackson back from the playoffs. He Y'all says, quote, I would bet on him. So, you know, we could see Lamar Jackson back for the playoffs for the Ravens. 
which could be Wahoo. Okay, cool. Tyler Huntley, I don't think, is the starter for the Ravens here that, that anybody should be believing in, right? No, we've said it multiple times on this show. Uh, you know, it's uh, he, he's, he's, he's filled in very admirably for Lamar, Lamar Jackson last year when Lamar was hurt, but he's definitely not a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, most, I, yeah, most definitely a backup. Yeah, he's a backup for sure. <clears throat> I, I, I believe that. Um, I don't think he'll be a starter in this league. Another guy who's a backup who will be starting this week will be, this one kind of makes me laugh. Justin Fields has been ruled out with a hip injury. Nate Peterman is Ooh. set to start against the Minnesota Vikings. If you remember Nate Peterman, uh, raise your hand. I sure as hell do. The Bears are starting him against the Vikings. Um, Nate Peterman, man, if, if you do remember him, he played for the Chicago, or I'm sorry, he played for both the Buffalo Bills and the uh, uh, L.A. Raiders when they were in Los <coughs> Angeles. He threw five interceptions in one quarter. Oh, boy. And then he threw another five interceptions for the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken, in one game as well. Oh, boy. Uh, Ten picks in a game. Yeah. Bowling shoe ugly. Yeah. Jim Jim Moore said it best. When you turn the ball over five times, I don't care what play team you play, you ain't going to be anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody. Five picks in the first quarter for the Bills um, in, in one game. I mean, it was bad, and then he got benched, and everybody laughed. Um, he was a mess. Tyler and I had a – it was about – it was four years ago at this point. We had a laughing fit about Nate Peterman on this show, if I'm not mistaken. So to see him starting across from the Vikings, <clears throat> I'm hoping that this is just the fiasco that I want it to be. <laughs> you you want to see the train wreck. You know, it's it's one of those things um, where I, I just want to see a ton of interceptions from the Vikings, but we'll see what, what comes of it. Um, speaking of his his former team, well, first of all, um, I want to give a, a shout-out and congratulations to the Chicago Bears owner, Virginia Hallis McCaskey. She turned 100 years old. Wow. So the, the Bears owner is officially 100 years old. Hey, congratulations to her. Also, um, but his former team, Nate Peterman's former team, the Raiders, uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams shares his desire to continue with the team moving forward. However, he would like to be kept in the loop as it pertains to the future quarterback situation. And the Raiders are currently <coughs> explore trade offers for Derek Carr this offseason. Do you think Devontae is going to be a, a Raider moving forward? Do you think he's going to be excited what they do with the quarterback position? Do you think they're going to wind up drafting a quarterback? They're drafting at number eight. What do you think, Andrew, Alex? What do you guys got? Um, I would have to imagine that the Raiders would uh, ha- actually go out of the way to draft a quarterback for uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, whoever, whoever the top quarterback prospect may be, uh, according to Todd McShay. Or, uh, That's what the guy's name is. Yeah, Todd McShay or uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. and any of those okay. other guys. So I was right about the other guy. Yeah, Kuyper um, is, is Mr. Draft. <laughs> Mr. Draft, yeah. because we, we saw that one uh, commercial where uh, I think I think one of the owners of the NFL goes, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, and, yeah. and, then, he, and then he ended up losing his ass. But <laughs> yeah. um, but as far as uh, you know, you made a you made an interesting comment, Andrew. Uh, they're going to draft a quarterback for Devontae Adams because that's what this is sounding like. You know, Devontae Adams is trying to you know keep me in the loop, guys. 
you know, he, this is the guy that got a Taco Bell installed in his home. I mean, come on, guys. So, you know, so, so yeah, I know. Right? That sounds awesome. I just want to walk in the kitchen and just grab a gordita. Uh, but anyway, uh, I yeah, I don't think that they're going to hold on to Derek Carr. It's going to be it's going to turn him in kind of like a, you know, it, it's hilarious that uh uh, Jared Stenham, you know, turned him into a big ass uh, hypocrite. Oh, I came here for Derek Carr. Oh, wait a minute, I'll stick around here. Yeah. So you know, talk about flip flop. You know, he's wearing flip flops in his house, so you know he's a flip flopping personality. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you there. I, I think they're going to draft a quarterback specifically for him. <clears throat> At number eight, they do have an opportunity to move up a few spots and try and snag one. Houston's going to go quarterback here. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Chicago, I think they really believe that they've got their their quarterback of the future. I don't know what in the hell Seattle's going to do right now. They're kind of up in the air. Arizona has Kyler Murray, and I think they're really focused on trying to make Kyler Murray their quarterback of the future, although I think they're going to get rid of Cliff Kingsbury. And then you go to Indianapolis, they need a quarterback. If there's anybody that I think the LA Raiders, or the Vegas Raiders rather, could trade with for a quarterback of the future, it would probably be the Indianapolis Colts because I believe that just like a lot like a lot of folks out there, and I know, Alex, you have made mention of this in the future, that a lot of people believe that the, the Detroit Lions are going to go after Anderson out of out Will of Anderson, yep. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And a lot of people are, are fired up about that. But when you're picking at number six and you have Jared Goff at quarterback and, and you have an opportunity – with, with staring down a guy like C.J. Stroud, mm. I, I'm going after C.J. Stroud. <coughs> um, I well, I will I will say this: after that performance against Georgia, where he when they almost, you know, stole the game from him, uh, you know, the kid really showed some moxie. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> if I'm the Detroit Lions, if you're looking at the short term, from the mm-hmm. short term, Will Anderson. But if you're looking at the long term, if you're looking mm-hmm. at the longevity of your franchise, if you're looking at a situation where the Detroit Lions are picking at number six and they also have a late round pick here, mm-hmm. where they can go and get someone special. <clears throat> they're picking at number 17 at the current moment at their own pick. Um, and if they may, if they do make the playoffs, we're, we're having a different conversation here. But the Detroit Lions, if they wind up in a situation where they wind up with C.J. Stroud at number six and then go into number 17 and get their next big outside linebacker, or if they trade down with the Vegas Raiders, okay, you want your defensive player? Great. Or you want your big quarterback Raiders? Here you go. Allow me to sell the farm to you. Allow me, you, you, you're going to sell the farm to go and get your quarterback of the future. You want C.J. Stroud? Come on over here to Detroit. And you go ahead and sell me those draft picks. And then you go ahead and you say, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna give you three first-rounders for the next three years. And then you go ahead and you select your C.J. Stroud. And then the Lions go and pick their Will Anderson. And they go out and pick the, okay, I can see that. But when I'm sitting at six, if I'm the Detroit Lions, and I'm sitting at six, and I see C.J. Stroud pop up at number six on the board, I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's the most important position in football. I'm taking it. That's the most important position in sports in general. I'm taking it. That is okay. the future of the uh-huh. franchise. 
And 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 to me, that makes sense. <clears throat> if the Detroit Lions do trade out of that spot, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with that. Trading out of that spot, taking Will Anderson, that makes sense too. But making, I, I can't make it make sense taking Will Anderson over C.J. Stroud at number six if Stroud falls to six. I just mm-hmm. can't. I can't. Right. I can't make sense of it when you have the future of your franchise on the line. That's that's the guy that takes your your team for the next 15 years. And by the way, just so we're all on the same page here, teams, there's a new culture in the NFL right now where teams are trying to win Super Bowls with quarterbacks on a rookie scale deal. That is the the culture right now. Oh, hmm. You're, you want your cap hit to be <coughs> possible. Uh, that's why the, the Cincinnati Bengals are so excited about a guy like Joe Burrow, because he's on a rookie-scale deal, and his second year he went to a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So right. Now we're talking about the potential of C.J. Stroud with the Detroit Lions with the high-powered offense, because they do have a high-powered offense. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I know a lot of Lions fans out there disagree with me. I know for the short term they disagree with me. And and for the short term, everybody's looking at, well, we need to build up our defense. Yeah, I agree. The Lions do need to build up their defense. But if I see C.J. Stroud on the line, I am either A, selling to the Vegas Raiders and getting the fucking farm, or B, I am taking C.J. Stroud and I'm going to have my my franchise secured with the top quarterback for the next 15 years. And that man is a gunslinger and he's accurate, and he's ballsy. He reminds me so much of Brett Favre, it's stupid. And mm. I I would take him in a heartbeat, but maybe that's just me. But I digress. Um, the the Raiders are, are sitting at number eight right now. <clears throat> they got a, a lot of things to think about, either trading with Detroit or trading with Indianapolis, whomever, to try and get higher to go and get their quarterback in the future. That's going to be the story for them. Speaking of the Lions, because we just got done talking about them, safety Deshaun Elliott expected to play on Sunday versus the Packers. Yep, saw that. Deshaun Elliott back before that game. That's got to be exciting for you, right, Alex? For sure. I mean, we need all the help we can get on defense. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that other guy, the backup to Elliott, uh, Melifonwu, he he had like about a, a pass deflection or two last, uh, last, this past Sunday against the Bears. But – to me, he's been very unreliable, and he's and he's uh he's been burnt out far too much. So yeah, huge huge boost to the defense for Deshaun for Deshaun Elliott to come back against the Packers. Yeah, who are pissed yeah. off, who especially are pissed off at winning four in a row <clears throat> and on the brink of breaking our hearts yet again. Yeah, yep, yeah. it's it's going to be a scary one. Um, and, and somebody who broke my heart this last offseason, I'm still mad at him, University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. He's oh, yeah, been, no doubt. He has been courted by several teams for head coaching positions in the NFL. Uh, the Carolina <laughs> are the most notable. He said, though, he expects to be coaching Michigan next season. Um, do you think Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan? Do you think he goes to the NFL? What say you? I don't, I don't think he goes to the NFL this year. I think he stays with Michigan. <clears throat> you know, he's he's already got, you know, the college football playoff experience. I mean, uh, the, the guys, was, yet, they've yet to win a bowl game. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not what I was going for with that. Um, but I really think that, 
honestly, Jim, I think, has a better chance of succeeding in college. Granted, he took the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. You know, he took a team to the Super Bowl, and we had the Harbaugh Bowl. <laughs> he he played against his brother, J- John. And and for the record, he went to three straight NFC title games with the 49ers as well. Yep. Ooh. So that you know he he he's capable of getting teams to the dance, but then consider the talent that he had on those teams. You had Nick Bosa. You had uh, <clears throat> you have uh, Colin Kaepernick. You know, Colin, Colin Kaepernick. You know that's a name we haven't heard in a year and a half, a, a millennium and a half. Um, but yeah, he did. He did have all those uh, dynamic players, and I think he even coach helped coach Debo Samuel. No, he didn't. Uh, he, oh. he, Debo came after the fact, but he had he had guys like Patrick Willis on that team, which yeah. I, I think Patrick Willis as an outside linebacker was something really special for him. They, he he. One thing I can always say about Jim Harbaugh is I do feel like in the NFL he's sort of like a short term coach, where where like he's the kind of guy that like he's going to be there for about four years and he's going to get you right to the precipice and he could win you a championship. I feel like like Jim Harbaugh is the kind of guy that will will. In, in the short term, get you the title game. He'll get you a championship in the short term. He has the he has the, the likelihood of him getting you a championship going into the short term is high. But when we're talking about Jim Harbaugh in the long term, he's not going to be there for 15 years. <coughs> right. He's not going to be looked at like that for 15 years. But I do agree with you. I think he fits better in college. And, and, but you know, the way he burned my Vikings this year, like the Vikings, I think, you know, at this current point in the current state, the Vikings are in, had Jim Harbaugh come in to coach the Vikings, they would have probably, and and it's crazy to say because they're 12 and four, but Mm -hmm. I do think that the Minnesota Vikings would have been more successful this year with Jim Harbaugh and probably would have been more of a threat this year with Jim Harbaugh because of his defensive scheme and because of the fact that we have Dalvin Cook and because of the fact that he runs a more run-centric scheme. So Jim Harbaugh, I think, in the NFL is fantastic. I think any team that is looking to to get to the next level, that's kind of their guy, and they should really be looking at him. Guys like, teams like Arizona should be looking at Jim Harbaugh. Teams, teams like... Uh, um, I, I, maybe the Jets should be looking at a guy like Jim Harbaugh to get him to the next level. Teams like uh, Indianapolis should be looking at Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he was a former uh, Colt. He was a former Colts quarterback. Now that I think about it, yes, he was. He went to the NFC title ga- or the AFC title game with the Colts. So I mean, it 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 does say something. There are certain teams out there that should be looking at Jim Harbaugh. Denver should be looking at Jim Harbaugh. Um, and I think once once Jim Harbaugh, if he does finally break and come back to the NFL. I think it's going to be a really special time, and I think he's going to be a really great coach for whoever he winds up taking over. But, you know, right now he looks like he's <laughs> Michigan. He took the big money deal. He used my Vikings, and I'm still pissed off at him. He used my Vikings as a way to get more money, and uh, I'm going to be mad at him for, for years to come. But at the, at the end of the day, he, you know, he, he, he costed the University of Michigan a fan. I am now a USC Trojan. So, uh, and I'm proud to say that. So, uh, but the team that he did coach, the 49ers, they've got some stuff going on. Wide receiver Debo Samuel, he's unlikely to play Sunday unless he's 100%. He will likely be back for the playoffs, but he suffered an an ankle injury a few weeks ago. And also quarterback Trey Lance, he underwent a second surgery to fix his uh, surgically repaired ankle. He's expected to be ready for OTAs. 
I don't give a shit about Trey Lance. I think Brock Purdy's the quarterback of the future with the San Francisco 49ers, don't you? Uh, yeah, he's, he has actually proved himself uh, in his previous game last week. Uh, he um, Tremendous stat line. Yeah, he um, he may very well be um, the surprise of, of the year when he goes when he faces the Cardinals. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they can do with Brock Purdy going into into future years. But yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy's the guy. You know, they thought Trey Lance was going to be the guy at four, and well, uh, that didn't uh, that didn't uh, it didn't pan out. And uh, I'll tell you this. Should the Packers win and enter the playoffs and face the 49ers in the wild card round, I hope Brock Purdy hands the Packers the, their worst loss ever. I hope so too. That I hope I hope that causes uh, Aaron Rodgers to retire. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's going to happen. To be honest with you, I think the Packers, if they do make the playoffs, they run into the Niners. I, I think there's no doubt about it. Christian McCaffrey and company going to run over them Packers. And last but not least, the Browns send home defensive end Jadavion <coughs> after he criticizes the team. He says he's about 95% sure he won't be returning to the Browns. I don't blame him. Um, Jadavion Clowney's a great player, and uh, he's a great defensive end. He's shown his worth in different places. Um, my big thing about Jadavion Clowney is, you know, the injuries, but he's really kind of stifled that in the last couple of years and shown that he's not as injury-prone as we all thought. Um, what do you make of this whole situation? Do you think the, I mean, I honestly, the Browns are already eliminated from playoff contention. If I'm not mistaken, uh, what do you make of it? I mean, they, yeah, they were eliminated a couple weeks ago. So Jadavion Clowney, I mean, I, I think it's a huge loss for the Browns. I think it just kind of pushes them mm -hmm. into uh obscurity here. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, another, yep. Yet another step inside the grave. And you, now you got your foot on a banana peel. Uh, you know, on top of spinning the the quarterback carousel for Deshaun Watson, uh, not not perhaps this year, but perhaps in the year after, and then losing a, def a defensive player like Jadavian Clowney, uh, you know, I think I think players should have the right to 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 be criti critical of their teams, uh, just as long as you know the criticism is warranted. And it sounds like, based on the Browns' performance this year, the criticism was warranted. Uh, yeah, what he said, and I agree with that. What? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there 110%. Um, I, I think that Jadavian Clowney is is uh, he's able to be critical of his team, oh. and um, you know when it when it comes to uh, uh, him being critical of the team, I, I think it's kind of silly of the Browns to send him home. And oh well, you're not you're just gonna I'm just gonna send you home and kick you out of here. Okay, well you want to be clowns about it, you go ahead and. Be at the end of the day, no um, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but at the end of the day, you know, I think it's just a silly move on their end. It, oh, here, well, we're going to go ahead and piss you off rather than offer you the money that you want or whatever the case. It just it's silly. that's dumb. It's, it's stupid. So dumb. so dumb and petty. But this is not the first time that the Browns have done this. <laughs> and we've seen it before. So I mean, hey, go ahead, send them home. Fine, go ahead and send them home. There's another team out there that needs a good defensive end, and and they'll be happy to pick them up. Honestly, so they'll be happy. Sure. So uh, that is our news around the league. We got one more thing to jump into, gentlemen. And <laughs> Andrew, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, yeah. thanks. Because you've been sending your picks in every week, and, and we've had you here for picks and whatever the case may be. And now you actually get to do your picks live on the show. This is the first time that you've, you've been able to do your picks live on the show. I'm fired up about it. Oh, yeah. And 
currently stands. Um, I am sitting at 158, 95, and three. Alex is sitting at 155, 98, and three. Uh, you are sitting at 149, 104, and three. So you're behind uh, Alex by about six, and you're behind me by about nine. So pretty tight game. Yep. So we got <clears throat> business to take care of. Obviously, uh, in in the uh, we we've got. You know, we we have the three. I, what I did is I took that Bills Bengals game that got canceled, and I just counted it as a tie because yeah. it didn't get. We all made a pick, but nobody it got canceled. Whatever the case, so I just called it a tie for us in in this situation. So we technically all have three ties here. <laughs> <laughs> unprecedented. Yes, it's very unprecedented. But um, gentlemen, we're going to jump into our predictions for Week 18. Are you ready? Oh yes, yeah. sir. All right. And here are predictions for Week 18 in the NFL, starting out with tomorrow's 4.30 game, the Chiefs and the Raiders. Andrew, who you got? Got the Chiefs, hands down. Patrick Mahomes gets it done against the uh, struggling Raiders. No doubt. (coughs) Alex, what's your story? Patty Mahomes doing Patty Mahomes things. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, sir. I am also going with the Chiefs here. I think it's a no-brainer. They're going to dominate the Raiders here. Um, Jared Stidham actually put on a hell of a show last week, but I'm going with the Chiefs. Uh, next up, <coughs> we got the Titans and the Jags with the division on the line tomorrow. Uh, Alex, Andrew, I'm going with the Jags here. I, I really think the Jaguars are going to take this thing home and be the division champions of the AFC South. Amen to that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence comes into play. They'll easily get it done against the Titans, um, uh, considering <coughs> the fact that they could that Derrick Henry could probably not play. But, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm going to go to the Jaguars. I got to catch up somehow, and uh, here's how I'm going. Uh, I am picking the Tennessee Titans because, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is questionable. We don't know if he's going to play, and Derrick Henry is said he was ready to play. So I'm going the other way. I am going, I'm going. I'm hopping on the Derrick Henry train uh, to, you know, score the upset, try to, you know, try to close that gap a little bit. And uh, I'm going with the Tennessee Titans. There you go. Uh, next up, we've got <coughs> the Browns and the Steelers. An interesting one. If the Steelers win, they are still in playoff contention. Right now, as it currently stands, the Steelers, with a loss from the Patriots and a loss from the Dolphins, the Steelers are in the playoffs if they win this game. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, I agree with that. Steelers over the Browns. Uh, Browns have been faltering, and uh, <coughs> well, watch out for Deshaun Watson. But yeah, Steelers. You know, it's an AFC North division game, and again, another chance to catch up. But I am definitely going with the Steelers as well. You know, the, the, having that stroke of luck behind you, and having a you know Kenny Pickett behind center, it's going to be a close one. But I am going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, and uh, next up, also in that same division, <coughs> Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, this one's going to be fun. It, it has some actually home field uh, implications here. I'm going Bengals here. I don't think there's any chance that the, the Ravens can beat them without Lamar on the field. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Bengals get it done. Cool cool Joe Burrow. Who, who they? Who they? Who they says going to beat them Bengals? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going with the Bengals here. It bangles across the board. I don't blame anybody. I think this is the Bengals game to win, and I think it's great that the Bengals will be able to get home field advantage against the Ravens. Bengals all day. 
Uh, next up, the Vikings and the Bears. Let's not forget, the Bears are starting Nate Peterman this, this upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> all Vikings all day. Skull Vikings win us the game all day long. Let's go. Yep, Skull Vikings, run them over. You're pissed off. Well, here, here's what here's my pick. I mean, I, I'm obviously going Vikings, but I am going to pick. I'm going to predict that Nate Peterman will throw six interceptions. <laughs> I think more. I think so it's, a, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. So uh, if, I, if, I, if, if he throws more, if he throws six or more picks, do I get an extra point? <laughs> I, I can't give you the extra point, but uh, but I will give you up, the utmost kudos on this show. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. So okay, Nate Peterman throws six picks, and the Vikings uh, win the game. Yeah, uh, the Vikings oh, all day. I'll, I'll give God. It's like extra credit points. Um, next <laughs> up, the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, you know, this one does also have playoff implications. Even though the Bills have made the playoffs. The Patriots have not. The Patriots are trying to make the playoffs at the same time. The Bills trying to wind up as the one seed. Um, you know what? It, it's a weird situation. I'm going Bills. Yeah, agree. I got to go with the Bills. Uh, they found out that their teammate De- Demar Hamlin is uh, has his uh, breathing tube tube <laughs> removed. I know you guys talked about that earlier. They're mm-hmm. going to play for Demar Hamlin. I'm going with the Bills. Yep, it's, they're definitely going to have a, a much hot, you know. Their hearts are going to be a lot, a lot lighter, knowing that their comrade in arms is is well again. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you this: Mac Jones is going to make it interesting. He's going to make it close, but uh, the Buffalo Bills, in the end, will uh, take this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think the Bills all day. Next up, Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, you know, Dolphins getting ready to start start Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Uh, this will be his second start. He started against the Vikings a few weeks back. The same time the Jets get ready to start old Joe Flacco. They lost themselves a playoff spot. You know what? To hell with it. They're going to play playoff spoiler. I'm going with the Jets. I actually have to agree. Um, uh, uh, <coughs> the Dolphins without Tua have been um, troubling. And uh, the Jets, uh, they're, they're kind of pissed off. And uh, Garrett Wilson could be having a career game this week. I'm going with the Jets. Uh, I've got to catch up in any way possible, so I'm going to pick the upset on the Dolphins. You know, I think something happens with this Jets offense where, you know, we think, oh, Joe Flacco's going to do... Wait. Uh, maybe, who knows? It, it, it's probably going to be a close game. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Dolphins just for the upset and to try to go for... to, to try to close the gap. Yeah, I, hey, I don't blame you. You know, the Dolphins, for the record, Skylar Thompson didn't play that bad against the Vikings for that short period that he did play. Uh, he actually played quite well in that situation. So, hey, you know, it, it might not be a bad pick. We'll have to see what happens. I know the the uh, the Jets' defense has been pretty damn good. <coughs> don't forget, he's throwing that ball up against Sauce Gardner. So we'll see how it turns out for the old Dolphins. Uh, next up, Bucks and the Falcons. You know... The Bucks, I think they're red hot right now. I don't think the Falcons really have what the Bucks have right now. There's there's a lot of a lot of uh, good chemistry going on there. We'll say I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, agree. The go gets it done. Bucks. Yep. Uh, Tom Brady uh, closes out the season with a W and uh, buries a division rival in the process. You know, they really don't have any real reason to go out and play too hard. I mean, they're in. They're in the playoffs and they got the four seed, but. It's a division game. Why not, Bucks? Yeah, yeah. I think the 
it's going to want to go out there and have a winning record. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, you, you kind of don't want to have another situation where the Toilet Bowl uh, Conference has a team, a division winner with a losing record. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, next up, sort of a Toilet Bowl matchup here, the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, you know, nobody really gives a shit about this game. But I, I don't really give a shit about either one of these teams. But I believe the Panthers will win this football game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, like you said earlier today, um, Sam Darnold had one hell of a game uh, this past week um, against the Bucks. Uh, and the goal that came up short. And the Saints, they're kind of crabbing themselves right now. So I'm going with the Panthers. Um, you know what? I'm going to – another catch-up game. I'm going to call it the, the New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> and the reason why I say the New Orleans Saints – is not only Chris Olave and Andy Dalton, I mean, Andy Dalton's a statue. You know, they have Alvin Kamara, you know, and Alvin Kamara has been one of the most more dynamic football players on their team. So I think he gives the edge against the division rivals, and it's a home game. So I'm going to say, instead of saying who day, I'm going to say who dat. <laughs> Saints for the, uh, the cannonballs over here. Um, next up, Texans and the Colts. Uh, two, two worst te- two worst teams in the league. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? I'm going with the Texans here. I. You know, Sam Ellinger is set to get the stuff <laughs> at the quarterback position. Um, and man, I. I don't know. I think Davis Mills is the better of the two. I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with the Texans. Not so fast, my friend. In the words of Lee Corso, Texans. I think they're aiming for the number one overall pick, and I'm thinking they're only aiming for Caleb Williams to be drafted at quarterback here. So Ooh, I'm going with that's the Colts. a bold pick. So I'll go with the Colts on that one. Yeah, I, wow. Wow, going with the Colts. Yeah, two bold picks. Yeah, did, did you hear his other one? No, the, 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 the Texans would draft uh, Caleb Williams number one. Ooh. Well, well, Caleb Williams isn't eligible till the following year. So, oh, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so that, that kind of threw out the window. Yeah, yep. Huh. You know but, what? Uh, give me the Texans. Give me the Texans. That's kind of what I think. Um, I, I, I just don't believe that, that Davis Mills is going to have himself a hell of a hell of a game against a questionable Colts team. Uh, next up, Cardinals and the Niners. Uh, you know, this is a no-brainer to me. Niners all day. You got you got the Cardinals over here starting David Blau. Who? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm going with the Niners. Uh, yeah, Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy's the guy out there, and don't forget about Debo. Debo, go oh, the Niners. I, no, I love Debo, but Debo won't be in this game. Debo, oh, he'll be in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so, but that's okay. Brock Purdy, I believe in Brock Purdy, and I believe in Christian McCaffrey, and what this yeah. Niners team is doing. I'm going with the Niners as well. Niners, uh, Cowboys, and Commanders. Uh, Cowboys all day. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cowboys. They're going to run all over the Commanders. Yeah, I, I think the Commanders, their, their defense Well, especially better. since they're not starting Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah. The, one of their their um, their strong suits with, with the Washington Commanders has been their defense. And when it comes to that defense, <laughs> um, complimentary football has been, you know, huge for them. Uh, Taylor Heineke has been very good at keeping long, sustained drives alive and kind of keeping opposing offenses off the field and that's kind of what I think we're seeing we, we've been seeing week over week over week um, and Taylor Heineke's not in the field so you know what that Dallas offense isn't gonna wouldn't see a lot of the field with Taylor Heineke on the field but now that we've got you know a, a situation where they're gonna be starting uh, Sam Howell 
you're going to see a lot more of that Cowboys offense on the field. That time of possession is going to be a huge factor. I'm going Cowboys. Yep. Uh, next up, Rams and the Seahawks. Uh, I'm going Seahawks here. I think they, they're going to make it, uh, it basically kind of dash the Lions playoff hopes here. I'm going with the Seahawks. I object. Oh, I forgot you forgot. I forgot about one guy with the Rams. Former Seahawk Bobby Wagner comes back to town, and he's looking to um, redeem himself and uh, give have himself <laughs> have himself a game, trying to stop Kenny Walker from reaching a thousand yards, and maybe get a pick or two. Guess what? Upset special. I'm going with the Rams. Oh boy. Quarterback Matthew Stafford uh, was quoted somewhere. And I don't know if it's a real quote or not, but I, it still made me smile. Uh, he said, "I'm going to get in the Detroit. I'm going to get Detroit into the playoffs, no matter, you know, you know, any way I can." And uh, with that statement alone, uh, it's like, "Wow, here's a guy that's really still connected to his city after all the time he spent there." And uh, it's it's a tall order. You know, the Rams are a dumpster fire. They don't have Aaron Darnold. Uh, I'm I'm still going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. I, uh, my heart my heart's telling me Rams. My my head's telling me Seahawks. But I'm gonna follow my heart. <laughs> hey, wow, <laughs> yeah, couple of homers. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I'm not I'm not gonna. It's week 18. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it at all. Yeah, you gotta come you gotta, at me, bro. Don't hold anything back. Um, next up, Giants and the Eagles. Uh, you know, the Eagles still fighting for their number one seed life, but Gardner Minshew is going to be on the field. Kind of a toughie, but I'm still going with the Eagles here. I, I think the Eagles will pull it out. Yeah, Eagles, no doubt about Best secondary in the league, and uh, <coughs> they, they can run the ball a little effectively. And uh, the, the Titans trade A.J. Brown has paid dividends for that team. I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah, we have talked, uh, we have criticized uh, the Tennessee Titans organization relentlessly on this show about giving, about getting Traylon Burks for A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah. Look how that turned out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are the two best receivers on that team. A uh, major reason why uh, they have the record that they have. So I'm going fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm going with the, the Eagles here all day. Uh, next up, Chargers and the Broncos. Uh, you know what? Broncos are uh, way out of the playoffs. Chargers have made the playoffs. I think the Chargers are starting to fire up here. I'm going Chargers. <laughs> Me too. Austin Eckler had a heck of a game uh, this past uh, this past Sunday, and uh, he'll have another. He'll have another hell of a game coming up uh, next this Sunday. I'm going with the Chargers. Time to put full Gordon Ramsay out of his misery and, and have this hellacious first season with the Denver Broncos come to a miserable, pitiful end. I'm going with the Chargers. Yep. And then last but not least, the game I know you two have been waiting for. Yep. It's the one of the, uh, I, you know, I hope it's as good as the one last year between the Chargers and Raiders. I really yep. do. Uh, Alex, you, you will actually get to experience the situation where I'm watching this game. Like, Tyler got to experience it last year. We were sitting on the couch. We were both drinking beers. And, and full disclosure, we were both half in the bag. And we're watching that Chargers and, and Raiders game. And we were both cackling, cackling, laughing so hard that this game continued to go from, you know, like tied to, oh, one's got the lead. Oh, tied again. Oh, one's got the lead. Oh, tied again. And then we went to the playoff or the, the overtime. And then. You know, like we're going back and forth. Oh, there's an interception. Oh, there's another interception. Like they just went back and forth, and it was, 
looking like this thing's going to wind up a tie. We were laughing so hard. And then it came down to, you know, that last minute field goal by the Raiders to get the W, get in the playoffs, eliminate the Chargers. I felt horrible for Justin Herbert and company. Yep. I hope that this game between the Lions and Packers is one of the most fun games of the year. I hope so too. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, I, I like the Chargers a lot. I root for the Chargers. Even uh, even though I'm a Vikings fan, I like the Chargers a lot. And I've always liked the Bills a lot, too. And uh, I, I it's one of those things where, like, like, I didn't give a shit how bad I felt for the Chargers because that was one of the most fun games of the year last year. It was just so fun to watch. It was so entertaining. And I had the most fun just watching it with just – it was just fun just yep. fun it reminds you of the fun of football i'm hoping that this lions packers game on sunday night football brings us back to the fun of football and reminds us just how fun this game can be yes I fun we want fun here that's what yep. we, as andrew wk put it <laughs> not fun and i hope that this game is as entertaining as as uh it was before that said um, I'm I'm gonna go with. It. This is a situation where I am going with my heart here, and you guys will love this. I'm picking the Detroit Football Lions over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. I believe the Seahawks beat the win that game. I think the Lions win. I think the the Seahawks go to the playoffs. But I do think the Lions are going to be proud to know that they've got a winning record, and they went and eliminated the Green Bay Packers from playoff contention. I'm going with the Lions. Okay, so package, uh, let's do this together. <laughs> Three, two, one. Forward down the field. The Chargers team, team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, you stand and cheer the brave. Rah, rah, rah. Going hard win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field again. A Lions victory. Go Lions. Oh, God. You know, I hate that song. You guys do bring some degree of joy. You know, you're singing that and whatever. And you guys <laughs> no, no. We, know, we did it just for you. We knew you hated it. Yeah. I hate that fucking song. But in case, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think the Lions are going to win this game. I yes. hope you guys have the. Uh, I hope, like, Alex, I hope we are shit faced watching this game. Mm-hmm. laughing mm-hmm. at the obnoxiously like super high score and mm-hmm. like how back and forth it is and how you don't know who's going to win. I just hope it's fun. That's mm-hmm. what yeah. I want this game to be fun. And, yeah. and that's- you, know what I'm hope- you know what I'm waiting on? I think it should be, yeah, it should be a fun game. I think it goes down to Jared Goff versus Aaron Rodgers. Who is the better quarterback in this game? I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm putting my money on Jared Goff. Me yeah, too. He has been, he has been phenomenal. Yeah, he's been great this year. He's a top 10 quarterback, like I said earlier. Yep. So uh, with that, folks, um, that is our show. Uh, those are our picks. Those are your predictions for uh, week 18 in the NFL, the final week of the regular season. And then we get into more. That's like Week 18 is a football holiday for us now these days. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're going to get more football holidays when it comes to uh, – you know, the playoffs and, and wild card weekend, which I love another fun weekend. You know, we're going to have some great weekends of football coming up and I'm just uh, so stoked for it. Um, and, and folks, uh, before we take you take off and get out of here, we got to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. First of all, IYT massage. It's your time massage. IYT massage.com. Amanda is a wonderful massage therapist 
You gentlemen, if you haven't gotten a massage yet, I highly recommend getting a massage from uh, It's Your Time Massage. Uh, Amanda is just tremendous. She does deep tissue <coughs> massages. She does uh, 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 CBD oil. She uses CBD oils and all that good stuff. I recommend it highly. Check it out, iytmassage.com, or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Uh, get yourself a massage. It's your time. Absolutely. Also, yep. Next up, also, I want to give a shout out to Patch Miracle Photography. Uh, Andrew and his wonderful wife, Chantel, they are tremendous. They do amazing work. Um, if you're looking for graduation pictures, if you're looking for newborn photos, if you're looking for paternity photos, if you're looking for engagement photos, if you're looking to a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, please, for the love of God, check out Patch Miracle Photography. They're the best around, high quality photos, professional grade they make your special day very, very special. We had them for Patch Miracle. We had Andrew and Chantel show up for our wedding day, and yep. they made our special day extra special. Please, for the love of God, if you need a photographer, please check out Patch Miracle Photography. They are the absolute best at what they do. I cannot high, uh, recommend them enough. Um, they're highly recommended on this show, and, and I always uh, tell people how wonderful they are. Also, next up, a shout out to Face Kicked Apparel, our boy Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife Lisa. They do tremendous work over there. Um, you name it, you pick it, they stick it when it comes to t-shirts, whether it's hats, shirts, hoodies, pants, you name it, you pick it, they <coughs> stick it over at facekickedapparel.com. Um, I, I definitely recommend checking them out. Alex, you got the, some of the most high quality, awesome shirts made recently. I love them. Uh, you, you just saw me in a picture wearing one as I was holding my babies with my messed up hair. <laughs> so, yep. And, and I, I love that shirt. I wear it all the time. It's one of my favorite shirts. Um, and, and I wore it that, that day and I am going to continue wearing it. I think it's in the laundry right now, but, um, yeah, you guys, uh, the over at, uh, um, face kicked apparel, they do tremendous work. I, I just, I hope everybody gets a, checks them out for all their custom, uh, clothing needs. Um, excellent service over there. Next up, uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Yeah, uh, oh, yep. our buddy. Dubs, Big Will, has, uh, he's going to be actually here this weekend. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I hope that uh, uh, anybody who is anybody that loves gaming, that loves, especially he's been doing a lot of Modern Warfare stuff lately, and he's got his new his new TikTok channel up, which I love. It's so fun. Um, and, and actually, uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard that that song, uh, I Made You Look, I think it's, it's mm -hmm. called. Did you ever hear that song? It's... Oh. Um, he was he, he was playing modern warfare the other day and and he was uh, the guy had a shield up he had a riot shield up and he had to take down his riot shield to shoot and before he could get his shot off will shot the guy in the face and made a <laughs> video, video of it saying oh i made you look cuz he had to take the shield down and get shot <laughs> i loved it's it it's great i'm going to have to go look that up now <laughs> it's so good but uh check it out big willie dubs gaming i i love watching his channel it's a lot of fun i i love going on and harassing them almost as much as i love harassing you guys on your gaming channel um yep. it's it's a lot of fun for me i i check out your guys channel the steel twins gaming is what mm -hmm. it's that is that is correct um and we're just about wrapping up our latest voice acting project with uh phoenix wright ace attorney trials and tribulations uh I it's love that game by the way I'm loving every second of what you guys are doing. I love it. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. And uh, it's 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 the it's the best 
we're working on the best case in the entire series, a bridge to the turnabout. We are probably heading like right at the tippy top, like Wednesday night. <clears throat> this coming Wednesday night is the, I believe is going to be the season finale of that particular project. That's right. It's Ace Attorney versus, versus bitch at school. It's, <laughs> oh, but, but it, it's a, it's a lot uh, more, it's a lot deeper than that. Uh, just go, go to our YouTube channel. We have all of the previous episodes uploaded there. <clears throat> get yourself caught up in the story and then get yourself a big bowl of popcorn. Cause, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, you know, we're going to have, uh, just get ready for fireworks. It's yeah, going to be we great. Go, we go, go on a ride, baby. Yeah. I've been watching it every Wednesday night with you guys. I really enjoy it. Um, I, I, it, it, it is, entertains me throughout the, the evening love what you guys are doing over there it's it's a fantastic series it's a fantastic game and and your guys's channel has been banging so uh i i want everybody if you get the opportunity if you're if you're a gamer if you like checking out the and especially one thing i really like and i mentioned it last week and i'll mention it again one thing i really like <coughs> about this channel is the fact that you guys jump into a lot of retro stuff mm-hmm. that, that like a lot of people don't think about and and I love retro gaming. I'm an old school retro kind of guy. So, you know, you guys have a very eclectic feel where you're talking about, you know, retro stuff. And then you're also talking about stuff that is is uh, newer as well. Sometimes you jump into Modern Warfare and then other nights you're talking about Paper Mario and then the next yep. night. So it's it's really cool. I, I definitely hope people go out, check out Steel Twins Gaming, have, have a, a glance at it. I'm sure you'll be entertained. I love it. And they love the commentary. I know you guys do. You guys love, you know, when people go on there and buggy and harass you and whatever else. And um, I'm that guy. <laughs> yep, he is that guy. <laughs> well, so it's, it, it makes it fun for me. Um, so, you know, I hope you guys uh, uh, I continue your wonderful trend of success. I, I know you guys have been a lot, having a lot of fun. You guys are on Twitch as well, correct? Yep, we are. We, we, we stream on Twitch, Facebook Gaming, YouTube, and Trovo. So uh, four different platforms. Shit, yeah, that's the way to do it. So, <laughs> you know, grab grab a big audience and, and get everybody looking. So I hope everybody is checking that out. And with that, folks, uh, that is our show. Um, Andrew, thank you for jumping on with us. Hey, I, you're I, welcome. I was so fired up. I, I came back and you were there. <laughs> yeah, it was a rare opportunity. I had to take control of it. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm all about that life. And uh, I'm so glad. Alex, I know you're coming down tomorrow. We're mm-hmm. getting fired up for Week 18 games, dude. We're getting fired up. We're getting lit up. I cannot wait. Yes. We're going to have ourselves a great time. There is a lot of beer in your future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the drill. Oh, yeah. Every time. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Don't forget, next week is Wild Card Weekend. <clears throat> we will Uh-oh. see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Ciao. Adios, muchacho. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>